Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. Salutations, everybody. It is Maddie here today, and welcome to week 94 of the Ham Radio Podcast. And, and this, it is me, the lone vault. Oh, Carrick, see? See what happens? We go two That's exactly weeks. what happened to you left, and we were going to kick you off. <laughs> go ahead. We're not stopping recording. That's fantastic. So I, I, I'll apologize because I was away on holiday on vacation for two weeks. Um, so my name is the lone vault wanderer, Carrick. I apologize. I'm Carrick with ACG. There's no reason to apologize, man. It's awesome. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Every week we'll fight over who goes second. Well, that's what we should do. <laughs> Every single week we're just going to both be like, finish Maddie. I'm going to go before Maddie next time. Yeah, so, someone just start on the podcast for me. <laughs> <laughs> that would be awesome. Anyway, uh, for those who want to listen on the go, there will be links in the description down below. Feel free to click on them. Uh, as always, if you want to become a part of the podcast itself, consider supporting the Patreon. The link for, the, uh, for that will be in the description down below. And we have a lot of exciting news to talk about. Well, it's weird because we've been talking about general gaming news a lot throughout the past couple of weeks on the podcast. And when we were looking for news this week, we're so focused on that generalized news that we're like, man, this week it was like Bethesda and Obsidian on and off just making rounds. Uh, so let's start off with what I thought, um, me personally, I found the most exciting was the Morrowind expansion for Elder Scrolls Online. Now, I am going to be extra and I'm going to read part of the Bethesda <laughs> Net pro post that came with the announcement of this. Because uh, it does come with a lot of details that I think could be overlooked. So this is set, Carrick, you were asking this, roughly 700 years before the events of uh, Elder Scrolls Three. Okay. So okay. you're going to see familiar locations and stuff, uh, such as Vivek City. But obviously there's going to be a different look and feel in certain ways, considering the fact that it was so early. Anyway. They say, with the largest landmass addition to date, a brand new player cap class and an intense new PvP mo mode, Ugh, I can't read, the Elder Scrolls Morrowind is both the perfect entry point for new players and a great way for veterans to continue their journey. Those who have already joined the Elder Scrolls Online can simply upgrade their experience and immediately jump into the new chapter. And thanks to the one Tamriel update from last October, new players can also sail directly into Morrowind and play with other adventurers of all levels. I love how they're handling this game, man. I gotta be one, honest. One Tamriel is amazing. Yeah, as an I idea. gotta be honest. So the Elder Scrolls Online Morrowind also includes all the original ESO content. So what, what I'm gathering from this, and I actually didn't know this because this is my first time really reading all this information, is that you can, when you buy Elder Scrolls Online Morrowind, you're getting the base game as well. Anyway... New players will have access to hundreds of hours of excitement throughout Tamriel when Morrowind launches on June 6th. Um, existing players can choose to carry their characters over to Morrowind or start a fresh new adventure with a, fate, with a brand new face. 
And you might indeed want to give a new character a go, as Morrowind introduces the first new class since the original ESO was launched, which is actually quite shocking, because that was like four years ago. Uh, The new Warden class wields powerful nature-based magic, and true to the Elder Scrolls franchise, can be customized with a number of abilities to suit your playstyle. Explore the island of Vardenfell and change or in charge headfirst into battle, knowing your Warden's ferocious warbear always has your back. Morrowind also introduces a new PvP mode for you to check out. Head over to the Ashlands to take on fellow players in epic 4v4v4 battles in arena-like environments. Now, I like that because I don't like the PvP in ESO. I think it's a little too chaotic. It's a little too much of a tug-of-war where it's just like, what team's going to be stupid first? Anyway, uh, prove your might as a warrior and claim your spot in the annals, or annals sorry, of Tamriel's history. Uh, Annals, that's right. I saw one. This podcast just started out awesome. (laughs) (laughs) So suddenly popular all of a sudden. Why is this game so fucking popular? Four editions of Morrowind will be available at launch. Oh my! Standard, upgrade edition, digital collector's edition, and collector's edition. Get all the details with what's included here, and uh, you can see an exclusive warden costume, an exclusive war dog pet, treasure maps crown crates experience scrolls what comes with the collector's edition though that's my question here digital collector's edition what's the collector's edition uh naryu's journal a full color large format book chronicling morag tong assassin naryu's pursuit of a conspiracy across tamriel a dwarven colossus statue that's pretty cool map of morrowind and an exclusive game case oh man exclusive game case that cracks, when they say that, that cracks me the fuck up. If that's the case, then every fucking case is exclusive. Um, but yeah, all right. So that's the general breakdown of Elder Scrolls Morrowind. What are your thoughts on it? Or online Morrowind, I apologize. I don't know, man. It's it's just not something that's going to get me back into a game. I, I, I think, this, to be honest, the ship has sailed um, for people that haven't gone into into SO okay. to get back into it. I was speaking to, to someone the other day about, um, and this is kind of related, but just about how esports games operate and how they, for example, Overwatch, or even when you look at League of Legends, they get you know really popular, they have a, a big peak, then they'll drop off a little bit, and then they'll get new content or something, then they'll get a little bit of a pushback up. And that'll happen a couple of times, but eventually there'll be a down period. And I think eventually, or soon maybe, SO is going to reach that time where new people aren't just getting into the game. Maybe you'll have people that have already played it, get back into it, that enjoyed it. But I can't see this enticing anyone new. Like, if one Tamriel didn't really get a big surge of new SO plays, I don't think this will. I think one Tamriel did, though. It, but how big, though? Like, I'm people not sure, still but from the like, sounds of it, I mean, this, this game... I mean, I, I'm not viewing this based off interest. I'm just saying, though, is that you can tell there's a more positive reception to the game. I mean, you remember when ESL oh, videos used to come up, definitely. people would just mass dislike it. They're like, fuck this. And now it, it's more, it's way more of a positive reception where people are like, all right, yeah, let's go, That's ESL. That is, this is actually some good yeah. shit now. So so <laughs> you guys are actually both right, especially like Lone talking about, you know, most of the time a, a, a MMO passes its like freshness date, right? Mm-hmm. But yeah. Division proves that's not correct for everyone division has exploded in numbers um so or or when i say exploded i mean comparatively and 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 with upgrades and and updates in particular dlc it's seen some some pretty massive things i think morrowind is sort of a gray area because it's so popular and it wasn't in eso which i think people wanted 
And so the idea of like adding Morrowind, I I know a lot of people even on my channel who heard were like, okay, I'm gonna check out more. I'm gonna check out ESO now. Mm. So Morrowind's sort of a gray area because I would say amongst fans, it's considered one of the best games. Yeah, I would think, yeah, isn't it? I'd I mean, say... I would think everybody I know thinks that's one of the best ones, if not the best one. Yeah, I'd say that. I, I, it's usually a pretty big tear between uh, Morrowind and Oblivion, it seems. Right. That seems to be the, the choice. Uh, I'd lean, even as someone who hasn't played a lot of it, I'd probably lean towards Morrowind because I think that offers a lot more of the role-playing aspect. I mean, the dialogue trees oh, and stuff in that game are insane. I was going to yeah. bring up the negative in one way. Uh, it's not Morrowind, which yeah. I asked Maddie prior to the podcast. <laughs> yeah. It's just the that land. And so be, I'm like, uh, we're doing Morrowind. Yeah, no, you're not. That was going to be my <laughs> question, was that do you think right. this is going to be Bethesda's response to people asking for Morrowind HD in a way? Mm-hmm. Oh, that was oh, my first oh, thought when I saw the the rumors of Vardenfell coming to ESO. I was like, huh, a lot of people have been asking for a Morrowind HD because of Skyrim Special Edition. I'm not saying this is something you just whipped together in the past couple of months because Skyrim Special Edition came out in October. I think they've been working on this for a while. But I'm just saying that I'd imagine they have people who plan ahead, who anticipate this type of reaction. They're like, okay, right. we're doing Skyrim Special Edition. People are going to want more remasters. Did they maybe view this also as a response to that? Because I think to a degree they did. They're going to say, if you want to go back to Morrowind, why don't you check this out and point more players I, in the direction of uh, ESO. I agree. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if in the initial conversations they they knew that it would have had this kind of nostalgic feel to it. Um, But at the end of the day, it is, as Karak said, really just the setting. And it's... Yeah. Uh, I'm not a big fan of Morrowind myself, but Mm -hmm. I I feel that... I I could be like, yeah, you know, I'll I'll play Morrowind for a little bit, but it might not have that same feeling as if I was playing the actual game compared to an HD version. I might like it. I might like like this version better, you know, if you do go back to it. it may People who... It, I mean, I may even like it more than Morrowind originally, but uh, I think you're right. Yeah, it's it's I, it's just the land, as I asked Maddie, because I was all excited. <laughs> I was like, yeah, it's Morrowind. And then I'm like, wait, when is this? And he's all, dude, it's like 700 years. <laughs> yeah, that's not going to work. Yeah. Unless they do like a Shivering Isles where it's like magic and you suddenly go back in time or forward in time. Overall, uh, I'm I'm pretty excited for this, though. I like the – I mean, I do enjoy ESO. I hated it at first. I've said this before. Um, then Tamriel Unlimited came out and really turned the game around, I felt. And from there, yeah. it's just constantly been an improvement. I think it's just been them going uphill the whole time. Um, yeah. I don't think they are reaching that point where they are dipping off. I think right now they're going to see a big spike because Morrowind definitely holds a lot of value to many gamers. And I know, yeah. if anything, that's gotten people to click on it and go, let's see what this is. And they need that. They need that interest with ESL because obviously there's got to be – this game's got to be getting support if there's still this many years down the line, not like it's been out for a crazy long time compared to other MMOs. But, I mean, they're still supporting it, right? And this isn't just a ex- – I wouldn't say an expansion. I mean, this is – it's being sold as a separate base game that ties in all of – Elder I mean, it's Scrolls like Burning Online. Crusade or something yeah. for WoW, right? I mean, yeah, it's, I guess. It's, uh, you know, it's the base game along with this big expansion, uh, almost like yeah. a reselling of the game, which I, I don't think is terribly uncommon. There was a, a I, don't, I don't know if it was the one that you, you were just talking about, but I know World of Warcraft recently did it with some, like, Legion of whatever. Or, it was on, like, every YouTube ad for months on end, and you'd have, like, <laughs> YouTubers pimping it and stuff in that ad itself, like, oh, this is the best one I've ever played, and stuff, <laughs> shaking his head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's such a bad ra- it's such a bad fucking look yeah but anyway uh i have a question mm. you said it's 700 years 
before or after? Sorry. Before. Okay. Do you think it'd be cool? And we just talked about this in our podcast. I was talking about a sequel or games coming out where they have a past history and not doing a great job in connecting them. If this is if this is seven hundred years before, I personally think it would be very cool if they did some fan service so that some quests sort of hinted around about the Morrowind main title. For example, what's the first city you go to in Morrowind? It's Sayadeen, or it's pronounced weird. It's like Sidonai. I can't say say Deneen. Thank you. It'd be so cool if that wasn't built, but like you go to an area and they're like, Mm. we're building a town. What are you going to call it? And you can go on a quest to get it to be named that. Those kind of fan services to existing titles never happen anymore. Well, they, they barely ever happen, but it's something I've always wished would happen because you see it in books, you see it in novels, prequels, sequels. People do that all the time mm-hmm. where you get a hint of this is the future that they're talking about. That would be something that would really bite me, it, it, like like bite my sense of, of, of wonder mm-hmm. if they did something like that and caught, got me to go, oh, you know, there's stuff here that's going to happen 700 years from now. Yeah, I, I and, think and, they. And I think they'll do that to some degree. You think they will? I, I just I wonder if they're going to think we don't want to rest on a nostalgia too much and and just establish essentially Morrowind the whole way through. I mean, seven hundred years is a big gap, but I think true. That's true. Too, yeah. You know, yeah. I think the establishment of some towns and stuff. I mean, they said you're going to see Vivek City, so there's already going to be some places established. I'm not an expert on the Morrowind lore. Obviously, before I play this, I'm going to study up a little bit. Um, right. I've been meaning to like really dive deep into Morrowind at some point in time because um, I've been like that along with uh, the world ends with you and pillars of eternity. Those are like the three ones on my, and, and this isn't really a backlog, but it's like a title. I want to play again, dragon age origins. Those are four titles. I, I really want to get back to and, uh, and play for either the first time or just again. Um, I've been actually concepting the idea of doing 20, like, whatever reviews at this point. Like, we'll say, for example, 2017 review of older titles. I thought, because I noticed that it's it's very interesting to watch a review of an older game now with how games are critiqued, see how they've aged and stuff. I've done it uh, with a couple of games, and they always go over well. I think that would be fun. There, there are channels that are just dedicated to reviewing older games. Yeah, I'm not talking like go back I, I to the 64 and, and, and review fucking no. Army Soldiers, whatever it's called. But, but <laughs> channels Army do men. that, and they do well. Yeah, but okay, I'm just saying, review Combat, Atari 2600, yeah. go, Matt. <laughs> yeah, I'm just talking like the... Uh, it, it's a way to go back and play these older games without the sacrifice of content as a YouTuber, and I thought it might be a good yeah, idea. Yeah, for sure. But I'm, I'm yeah. just tossing that around. Um, but anyways, any other thoughts on Morrowind? Lone, I know you're oh, so hyped, bro. bro. You're getting into it, right? Ah, uh, bro, I'm so hyped, man. I can't wait <laughs> is to play Esso. Is this something normal for him? Because I was blown away when he responded that way. Are you just <laughs> not a fan of Eso at all? I, I'm okay. It's it's also partly because I'm just not that into Elder Scrolls, but even more so MMOs. I never I never grew up playing MMOs. I, just, I, I was find always that surprising because, like, to me, I'm a big Fallout fan. But I'm also yeah. a giant fan of Bethesda Game Studios, and so for me, that's what. Actually, I played my first Bethesda Game Studios game was technically more one, but like the first one I sat down and played the hell out of was Oblivion. Sure, Oblivion, and yeah. um, maybe that's why I love Elder Scrolls. But I also knew at that point I, I love the types of games Bethesda Game Studios makes. So for me, like I don't know how you view it, Lomer. Like, have you? I mean, you said you've tried Skyrim, but like, have you ever? No, it, 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 this is not 
because of something of Elder Scrolls. Because the games have that same DNA in, in BGS. They, they do. So it's they, like, they, they, you think if you'd like Fallout, you'd maybe like Elder Scrolls. So it's always interesting to, to hear the thought process behind them. Like, well, here's the reality, like right? Like the, the, the first game that got really got me into Bethesda games was obviously Fallout 3. And I played that at a time where I had a shit ton of time to be able to play games. I was in high gotcha. school. So... Yeah. I play, you know, I play Fallout 3, then New Vegas, because I bought Fallout 3 pretty late, and then I got into New Vegas soon after that. Um, and then I got into university, and it was just harder and harder to to find the time to play games. And it just, Skyrim was, like, and Oblivion as well, was just so intimidating in terms of how many hours it took to play the game, when I still had Fallout 3 in New Vegas that I was enjoying, mm. right? So I just, I, it was personal, I just never got the time and i've never been able to dedicate enough time to really enjoy that game even though i know i'll love it i and i've said yeah. that all the time no, i just, know i, I, I was, love I was that just game. curious I, I figured it boiled down more at a time but i know like for yeah. example skyrim you you have tried that you didn't like that as much though right no i didn't like yeah. it as much i'll be honest it's not that i didn't like it but definitely not as much as fallout 3 because th- that that's like you know again next to bioshock one of my Skyrim's favorite games just like adventure or porn man like it's just like adventure after adventure after adventure that's why i like it dude it's it's it, right. it, it is it's and it's hilarious that the map when you're walking around it's literally map mess which I, which i joke around about where you're playing from icon to icon and that's i mean i can't tell you where some places are or but i know there's an icon there yeah. and it's like you go, <laughs> I, I, here's a cavern, and then a mighty dragon, and then a tower, all within the same truncated space. I think that's the difference between, let's say, Skyrim and Witcher, where Witcher spread out yeah. its space and spread out items a little bit more. You get a little less map mess on there, and that kind of stuff can 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 bother particular players. And it also, yeah, like Lone said, you turn it on, and you're like, oh shit, I don't have the time to take on the equivalent of a small child to take care of for 400 hours, <laughs> yeah. right? True. It's so so true. it makes sense that as a person like Lone's like, listen, you know, when I was in school, by the way, that dates me because he said he was in fucking high school and he played Fallout 3 <laughs> and then he bought it late. Not only did he say he bought it in high school, but he's like, I bought it late. I thought he was born like... Born in 92. <laughs> I'm sorry, what? I was born in 1992. I fucking so yeah. graduated in 93, <laughs> dude. Jesus. Anyway, dude. Uh, yeah okay so so yeah so you have a situation like that where like a person like alone if he doesn't have a ton of time you turn on a game with map mess um and i think almost instantly your brain is like oh shit you know yeah. i mean that's a lot and, and, and there are so many other sense. games that you want to play and yeah like, right i feel like i'm still playing the fucking same game for three months and yeah, yeah. for sure and that's but, it, it, that's a good thing and a bad thing, right? Yeah. Like for people who mm-hmm. like it and only have sixty bucks, they're that's why I'm so happy. People can get mad all they want. Uh, you guys aren't, but I mean, on these type of games. But I love the fact that somebody who doesn't have a lot of cash, who's because I've been in that point oh, where I was buying absolutely. potatoes to fucking yeah. eat, and that's it. And the ability to buy a game and go, dude, it's sixty bucks, yeah, but it's four hundred hour, mm. I, like. It's it's mm-hmm. all my entertainment. I think that's so fucking awesome. Yeah, like it is awesome because sometimes even myself, I'm guilty of it. I'm thinking, oh, you know, I I, I can buy this <laughs> game, or I can buy that right. game. I have a lot of disposable income, but a lot of people don't. So sometimes I don't place the same value on a Skyrim, for example, yeah, right. as someone that maybe only has sixty dollars to buy one game for even a year. And the fact that that game can push them through it with mods attached as well is is a really good thing. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, so I crazy for mods. me, I have the perspective of, <clears throat> I mean, I view I view it obviously based off the, the sixty dollars as well. But for me, it's also just that enjoyment. But I also have the perspective right. of like I went through all of high school literally off like 
seventy to ninety dollars a month, like not even joking. So like for me, it was like one game if I wanted, but I'm I'm talking that like it was ninety dollars for everything, gas to get to school, if I wanted to hang out with friends, like right. it was like literally fucking penny pinching where I could through most of high school. Uh, where like I know it's good to have that perspective where it's like I know what it's like to be really fucking tight with yeah. your money and, and like yeah. every damn game you buy, like you've got to know you're buying something good. But I also know like now that I'm very fortunate and able to get uh, review titles, review copies were free of charge usually, but now I yeah. am lucky enough to be able to now purchase them so that I have that same $60 equivalent no matter what, where it's like, dude, I bought the game. Carrick, we've talked about this when we review titles. Yeah. You buy them anyway because it's like my sixty dollars is out there now. Yep. Um, right. And to, I, and to I, be I think honest, that levels like, the playing field. Yeah, it, it does. And sometimes when I play a, a bunch of games, <laughs> that, that it is good. For it taxes. is good for taxes, by the way. Yes. <laughs> but but sometimes when I play a bunch of games and I think, oh, they're bad, but you know, I'm I'm okay with it. And then I think, oh, how are people getting so upset about this game? That's part of the reason why, too. The fact that yeah. what if that $60 was the only $60 I yeah. had for a while, yeah. and that, that was the game work, that could buy. You know? Exactly. Yeah. And then it yeah. turns out to be a bad game. And that's why a lot of people, when they get upset about a game, that is a justifiable reason mm-hmm. that someone in my position needs to be, be cognizant of you know, well, every I, now and again. One of the best pieces of advice I had got, when because I, I was poor as f- so I, our family had some ups and downs. Mm-hmm. And when I wor- lived on my own, it was poor. I mean, <laughs> like I said, mm. it was missing rent at times. It was like, and I was working my ass off. And um, one of the best pieces of, or not advice, but a, something somebody said to me is that everybody's hell is relative. What that means is you yeah. may meet somebody who has a great life, but a small thing happens to them and their reactions chemically are identical. And somebody who follows psychology, their reactions are identical mm-hmm. to you or I having a, a far maybe a smaller or larger thing it just depends so mm. the same thing happens with games i have one friend who i mean he's swimming in scrooge mcduck levels of money right <laughs> he literally <laughs> probably has a swimming pool he doesn't tell me about this filled with fucking gold doubloons and he'll get a game and it's so crazy because you and i i say oh i buy every game and i've had to buy battle crashers my god <laughs> i had to buy battle crashers that hurts. Um, <laughs> yeah but um it is funny though that that some people can do it regardless he's been rich all his life and that motherfucker's a he's got a ton of money but he's a penny pinching bitch man mm, i'll yeah. be like are you getting this and he's like it needs to have and he has a list of like <laughs> and it's like dude it's like reading a tome or it's like the book of woe in conan you're all what, you're reading me like 800 things let's, this game let's no sit game down by the this. fireplace and i'll read yeah, exactly. you from my tone he's like oh he's all this is the book of woe for every title it must have 400 hours seven character classes and i'm like dude you need to pay with all your scrooge mcduck levels of money buy make a game yeah was the that same. fits what you want yeah. right make that's a game fantastic. but it's it's all relative and i think that it's cool that people have the attitude of like yourself where it's like you remember what it was like to to not necessarily have that cash because I think that's there's it's not like you're more honest or anything like that but having the memory yeah of going like you can relate that's the thing you you, yeah you consider not just oh imagine if it's like I was you know (laughs) at that point where like every fucking just eat potatoes for a month (laughs) Uh, you know so top ramen anyway oh ramen I can't look at ramen anymore, man. That's all oh. I did. That was another cheap, <laughs> free thing. And so, like, after a while, you get... Yeah, I can see I can see how that... I, I, I'd have it for, like, a couple of days straight if I was sick, and I'd be like, okay, 
no more ramen for like five <laughs> as years. your body's just 600 pounds from sodium retention <laughs> have you ever looked at the fucking seasoning yeah package? it's like yeah two thousand milligrams times two yeah man. i looked at that shit i was like Jesus <laughs> like licking Christ, a salt lick i was like i'm gonna fucking die eating this <laughs> um next bit of news that i found really interesting was that Zenimax acquired escalation studios so in the bethesda net article they say we have continually been impressed with the team at Escalation that Tom and Mark have assembled, uh, their commitment to quality innovation has made significant contributions to the projects we worked on together, and we're excited to have them join the ZeniMax family. Uh, they are currently working on a number of projects with studios throughout the ZeniMax family and will continue to contribute its talents across PC, console, mobile, and VR titles going forward. Um, ZeniMax Media Studios are responsible for some of the most iconic games in our industry, said the co-managing director of the studio, Becoming part of this amazing family of developers is an honor for everyone at our studio. And so what sticks out to me about Escalation is says they're working on a number of projects with studios across the ZeniMax family. Is this a studio mm. that's helping out rather than making their own? Almost yeah, how we that's, viewed that's a Bethesda Game Studios Montreal. Where it's yeah. like, oh, they're not really doing their own thing. They're just going to like help out with the, the fucking... They're, they're, they're like the the not favorite child almost where like Bethesda Game Studios, you get to do the big work, but oh, Bethesda Game Studios Montreal here, do Skyrim special edition, you know, (laughs) that type of bullshit. So I wonder if that's how Escalation Studios is going to be just kind of helping out where they can. Yeah. So all I can see about what Escalation Studios has done, they've helped out with Doom, but I think they just helped out with the development of Snap Map. I don't know if they did more than that. But Snap no, it was fantastic. You're right. So it's like so it is fantastic. Yeah, it, it is. That, but it's, it's like that's that's a good good framework, right? Or a, a good example of sure. what they can do. Um, that's true. What did they did? They just say they did the mode in general, or they just like help out with? Well, they said they assisted with the mode, so I don't even know if they were you know running that. It was probably still id that was running that. Yeah, but, I'd imagine so. Uh, but go to your point though about whether this is a studio that's just going to be helping out with the odd project here and there. That looks like it's going to be the case, which is which is not bad to be honest. I mean, that's a good place for an employee to get experience, that's um, and then they can true. move on to that's something else. A good else. career builder. Yeah, I mean, it, it, they could, so like I mean, they could hop in and help with like a prey thing. And then they can oh, also yeah. be taking on stuff for like a Bethesda game. So that's very interesting. That's a good asset to have. Just a studio designed just to help others. Yeah. I think. Also, there was some uh, data uh, when that was first announced about the about the company. And some of the people there are considered VR experts mm. as well. And that was actually mentioned as a possibility. Because we do know you're looking at Fallout 4 possibly. Even though I think I told you I was a little nervous because I haven't seen much about that. Mm-hmm. Um but uh, you do have various VR uh, things going on as well. So that's cool. Uh, it, yeah, it, it, and I don't know if that's exactly true. It looked like it was true because of the website I was reading, but that's a website, right? <laughs> like it could be, it could be People Magazine for yeah. all the fuck I know. Um, <laughs> but yeah, man, I mean, like that's smart. Hire like Snap Map, dude. So Snap Map, I know people love to hate it, but really, as a Oh, yeah. It's like within a lot of the modding community and stuff like that. I hear it all the time uh, where it's like, yeah. it's not a full blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I, I get it, right? <laughs> but guess what? Either is fucking, um, either is the Morrowind when I first got that and every, you know, you, you have the creator right away. There were some things you couldn't do. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the way SnapMap is. Each has little limitations. Um, but goddamn, what a fan, like, what a fantastic idea. And if they got some work on it, 
imagine having SnapMap in as a modding tool for, let's say, making mods in Fallout Five or something. Yeah, like, like a simplistic um, version. Yeah, some well, some yeah, because like a lot of myself, you were like, hey, I'd love to make a mod, but I don't want to spend nine years studying architecture to make sure it all makes yeah. sense. Maybe SnapMap is something that they're building. And, uh, no, I, I just basic <laughs> ten. 20 go to 10 yeah go sub like it, i remember it was like I, I just i remember trying it out and i was like okay i just like my brain was fried from like an hour of work i was like this yeah. is just not the career line for me like i accepted it i was like look but here's the thing is that's why I, I've, I've said this on the podcast a bunch of times try game development because when you try it and then you play a video game you're like how the fuck did they do this yeah <laughs> and, and you get this like appreciation you're like oh my god they're they're really fucking talented and so yeah, yeah, but Maddie, like people on the internet believe that there's like a little switch that you flick and then the game's created and that's all it takes. <laughs> you know what the switch is? The switch is fucking uh, no lie, the switch is the power to the building. Mm-hmm. And that's as as close as you get. The rest is uh, an intense amount of work and most likely uh, at least a couple thoughts of suicide. It de- de- I mean any development is insanely hard and game development is rough as fuck. So yeah, yeah it takes mm-hmm. m- much more than that to mm-hmm. to get something going. Yeah, definitely. I mean, this Escalation Studios, though, do you think maybe if you're saying they got VR experts, do you think they're taking the reins for Fallout 4 VR? Or or they're helping them, you know, maybe they've run into a problem. There's memory issues with VR. There's resolution issues with VR. There's, you know, all of the issues. And maybe, just maybe, Bethesda's pretty busy on their own stuff. And they're like, hey, you guys worked out for SnapMap. We need you to do a couple things over here. And, um, uh, in fact... Uh, Obsidian CEO, which I mess up his name, so I'll let Maddie say it. Furious Urquhart. Uh, sorry. Thank you. Um, Furious Urquhart. <laughs> yeah. So Urquhart, he even spoke about the difficulty uh, of of having too many jobs and not enough people. And so maybe Bethesda's doing that. You know, it's like, hey, it's not just we want you to do something new. It's oh shit, we need some help ourselves yeah. Yeah. to move out some of those jobs. Yeah, and absolutely. it's very smart on Bethesda's part. Um, that they went and got somebody like that. Like, I don't know. I, I know people want them to buy Obsidian, but, like... I, 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 I thought it would happen. I don't. That's one idea I thought would happen, but when we started talking about Warner Brothers, like, just purchasing people under yeah. the sun, I mean, I could see that happening. That would definitely yeah. be a possibility. But um, I just like those guys making their own shit, right? Mm-hmm. Like, every, like, I don't really want them working for one pub. True. <laughs> like, true. I, I like no, the idea. True. And it's also kind of, I guess, right place, right time. I mean, right, right. now, but, like, back in the day when Obsidian worked on Fallout New Vegas, for example, Bethesda uh-huh. just wasn't really, and correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't really in the let's, we're really growing now, let's buy the dev studios, let's create our own dev studios right. like Montreal. Because that was but when their now, titles were like hit or miss. Like you'd have Rage and then yeah. you'd have Rogue Warrior. And you'd be like, what the fuck kind of, like, <laughs> and, kind and of quality control your asses fucking have here? This is a travesty, <laughs> yeah. and you had Brink as well, which just turned out to be a flop. Yeah, um, Brink, and oh, I, I, I guess, so cool, man. I guess what I'm saying is that, say, if the Obsidian of old, because it's changed so much since New Vegas, like yeah. apparently uh, Chris Avalon was saying that almost none of the people that wanted to work on another Fallout game are still there at Obsidian, yeah, right? It's a different so, but team. if if that Obsidian of old were working with uh, Bethesda now. Then I think that the possibility well, some, of, some of acquisition was a lot possible. Of people don't realize some who do work at New Vegas, a uh, couple couple of developers I see on Twitter. You mean work at Obsidian? You said uh, New, uh, work at New Vegas. They work on New Vegas. They worked on New Vegas. I apologize, mm. and oh, now yeah, work at Bethesda right. Game Studios and worked on Fallout Four. 
So a lot mm-hmm. of the mines that were in New Vegas were not a lot. That's true. Some of the mines that were in yeah. New Vegas were in Fallout Four. So the Fallout yeah. Hive mine is still there. Um, mm-hmm. it, it's just that the the game just didn't pan out that well uh, at the end of the day. Um, what was its score, Maddie? What was what was Fallout Four score on um, like on a Metacritic? Do we know user or it was critic? Like Oh, I think it's eighty. No, eighty four was uh, Vegas, right? Because that's no, what I lost think it's no, 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 no. What it depends. If you look at the PC version, it's eighty four. PlayStation four is eighty seven, and Xbox one's eighty eight. So I was gonna say, it depends if you're looking at critic or user. Yeah, well, user I don't like believe user because I can fill in. I can fill in no, whatever I want. You, you know why I, I don't like, and it's not that I don't trust the opinions of gamers, but. It's more like, like, like to an extent. But when when people tend to do like a Metacritic review and they're a gamer, it's either this is the greatest thing ten, this is the shittest thing zero, and there's no in between. Rarely there's any in between, Mm -hmm. and that's why you get such deflated scores sometimes. Because if a game just isn't liked, it's usually around the six mark, and if a game's really liked, it's usually around the eight and a half or nine, and there's not much in between. So the reason why I bring this up, the reason why I asked is, I don't know if you guys follow, what is it, Noah, N-I-O-H, how do you pronounce that, Maddie? The, the game that came out oh, for the Neo. PS4? Oh, Neo? Neo, I apologize. So it's around the same score, and people are calling it a classic. And then you see 84, and you're saying, Fallout 4 maybe didn't turn out the best, blah, blah, blah. And it's so funny to me sometimes mm-hmm. hearing the verbalization yeah. of the score, because it's like... And that's why I don't do... It's so crazy. I don't some, do number scores. That's you, why we you don't fuck do scores, yourself yeah. in the process. Yeah. You really do. But I, I guess what I'm saying is I like maybe I like Fallout 4 more than you. I, I, <laughs> I no, I don't think that's 4. true. I there loved issues, Fallout but... 4 for a while. And then I kind of, I'm not saying you didn't see the light. I'm saying I kind of, you know, woke up to reality. I was like, okay, this isn't what I want it to be. I just I, thought it was a good game. Yeah, like at the end of the day, yeah, it's not a good me. game. It's just not the, hmm, how do I word it? It's not the Fallout game I was looking for, really. Okay, that it, makes it sense. wasn't. You know, yeah. there's there's a lot of stuff that I, I loved I in the Fallout DNA that was very much stripped out of four, and that's what it, that's the kind of the harsh reality I can't do. I'm like, okay, I can't I can't fake it till I make it. Fuck no, it. And, and to be honest, Matt, I, I don't think that's because you just had a kind of wait, sudden realization. I think that was partly because as well the way the game was set up, you know, with the removal of perks and like just you could max out everything in one playthrough. Mm-hmm. There right. wasn't much replayability. And those kind of notions that, oh, this isn't the Fallout that I remember, come yeah. out after a second or a third playthrough. I've read a, lo- read a lot of comments of people on Reddit saying, I'm, yeah. I'm trying to get into a second playthrough of Fallout 4 or a third. It's, it just, it's not happening twice. in the same way. I've only beat it twice, yeah. man. And that's coming from uh, someone who with three in New Vegas, I beat those so many fucking oh, like times. Ten dude. times over. You know, it, it's, it's such a... And mind you, yeah, those are some of my favorite games of all time. Absolutely. You know, I, I, I think there is a bit of nostalgia, a bit more of extra love there for those games, but it's also that um, 3 isn't as replayable. There's really kind of a, a good neutral bad for 3, but New Vegas is more of a you can really keep branching and do a lot of gotcha. playthroughs, um, where I'd say 3 is more of a nostalgia love. But still, that doesn't change the yeah. fact that those games gave me more diverse choices, where at least in Fallout 3, I could get three solid playthroughs out of it. You know, doing yeah, different karma builds. Makes sense. Uh, I think that was a big part of the issue is that a lot of people forget Fallout 4 removed karma overall. They yeah. entirely removed it. So, I mean, they also removed speed yeah, checks but, 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 uh, and added Fallout them in far three, harder. Though, they added, they removed but, like special skill stats needed to do certain quests. Like they, yeah. they, they made it overly accessible, which isn't a bad thing. It's just that you have to limit it in certain areas or else it becomes 
such a or broad add in new stroke. gameplay elements. Yeah, it, because it becomes yeah. such a broad stroke that yeah, yeah, you do everything in one playthrough, and when you come back that second time, you're like, okay, yeah, right. It's the same and, and they probably like they turn the dial a little bit too much, but I, to be honest, think that that's what led to its huge success. Yeah. Like Fallout Four sold mm-hmm. stupidly well, and I think yeah. that's partly yeah, because absolutely. of the reason, yeah. like. You know, people, uh, someone would have bought the game that never would have played Fallout before and said, oh, this is really cool. Maybe they weren't used to RPGs or whatever, but it was more accessible. They would tell a friend about it. The friend would buy the game now, and, and that more casual audience got into it. And that's maybe why hardcore fans are more upset, but the game sold well. So I, as a business decision, it's hard to knock it. Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree yeah. with you. Completely. Yeah, they, they did the right thing when it came to how they marketed it and how they created the game. It sold so many copies. You know, outside, have you guys ever outside Call of Duty at one point? Have you guys ever wished like, that, like a Bethesda or anybody who does these, um, that become what we? I, I don't want to. It's not casualized because it's still an RPG, but um, yeah. whatever. Uh, I wish sometimes that they created a smaller division within themselves that did hardcore continually. So, like, you know, you get a Bethesda, for example. They just example. hired, or they they just hired whatever that company's name is. I just forgot it, uh, but they just hired it. Studios. Yeah, it would be cool if instead of having them do VR, having them help with grid, Snap Map, they were like, okay, you make, you know, something that's just super hardcore, like whether it be another Fallout side title or something. Mm-hmm. I just, I, all these companies have this issue over their lifespan. At yeah. some point, if it's a long series, it will, it, there will be an issue with the past people not liking it and the current <laughs> people. I tell, yeah. I tell people all the time, there's new people every day. And Christmas, there's a bunch of new people jumping in. They don't necessarily know what Fallout 3 offered. And that's why I review under both guises. I played the prior games, and I'm. what if I was a new person Mm -hmm. to come to this series? I sort of wish one of these companies would would be like, okay, we're just going to do hardcore shit over here on the side. You know how out of all companies who actually did that at one point was uh, Ubisoft. uh, You'd have like Assassin's Creed and stuff, but then they did Child of Light. Just, they, they did Child of Light, which you and I both liked yeah, a lot. They divided yeah. off and, and, a part of a team, a literal random just mashup team. They said there was like, I think their studio had, I mean, I'm not trying to sound like, oh, it matters like who they were, but it was just kind of like a no-name guy. And they were like, yeah, we're just doing this project. And they did it. It was a fantastic game. Yeah. Really good game. But it was yeah. Yeah. And someone that's kind of do, kind of doing that now, I guess, is ken levine with irrational he's just doing his own little side project oh, with a smaller amount of people for so long man i know i know and it's but it seems like it's going to be like kind of like that hardcore smaller niche type of game so who knows i what's have happening with... so been burned out on that dude <laughs> <laughs> i yeah i um I, after a while i got really burned just because talking to people who work with certain people and over time and just like the difficulties and and uh, artists right they're just they're a little bit more difficult and developments become such a communal thing uh same thing happened to john carmack same thing same thing when i talked to john romero gc same thing happened there where you get accustomed to working in a group and it doesn't work as well some people don't translate as well and i i I just feel like he doesn't translate as well into a group you hear a lot of people who work with him go like yeah ken walked in and and it's his art it's his it's his right so this makes sense right it's his so he can do this but there is a morale factor when something good has been created and you tear it up completely and for say we're starting vision. all for your own vision mm-hmm. where you probably should have kept more track of it as you went so that the entire team doesn't say we just created greatness 
or, or to them, right? And and we're tearing it up. It's just that's a personal thing mm, of yeah. mine that no, that agree. sucks. As somebody who's managed people, that would be tough for those people to take to be like, yeah, we're that's gone. You know, mm, I, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's just a sort of a side thought on on Ken. I like his stuff though, man. Yeah. I mean, like I like yeah, the, cool. I, I play the hell out of the games. Yeah. So how about right. Fallout 4 randomly getting an update? It's getting a high-resolution texture pack, which is 58 gigabytes. 58? That is half a person's Comcast bandwidth limit, by the way, Matty, because most are 100. Fuck. Wait, you still have bandwidth limits there? That's insane. Yeah, we do. Mm-hmm. Fuck. Yeah. Uh, Fuck. Also, a mod update is coming later this week, so um, we're going to be hearing something about that. They just said that it's... Hold on, hold on. Wait. So we're, we were right. When we said it was going to be a high-resolution texture yeah, pack. Right? Yeah, yeah, no, we were. That, yeah, yeah we, we were correct when we said, hey, this is not this is not DLC, like, like <laughs> yeah. a Far Harbor. Or That's a, right. Like everybody thought it was, though. <laughs> yeah. Everybody wanted it to be. I was shocked. People were mad. They were like, what the fuck? Like, I want more Fallout 4. I'm like, wow. Like, I, I was surprised. Like, there is still a demand for people who want more Fallout 4. I, and maybe it's because I have the perspective of someone who's, who talked about it every day for years, but I'm like, Okay, I'm done. Like, I don't, I don't feel like talking about Fallout 4. Um, I think we I, I proved just, it, though. We proved the, the, why. Yeah. It, yeah. It's just, because Fallout 4 doesn't have a lot of replayability. So if you're adding a DLC or an expansion, right, wouldn't a person be like, oh, wow, another reason to enter Fallout 4 that doesn't true. include shitty replayability? Mm, Maybe? True. Yeah. My Maybe. interesting thing, like, and, and I did this with Skyrim as well. I don't necessarily understand the reason why they release a, a high resolution tester back just like just from a business standpoint it like i i, I understand that all it's the fans cool who, have said, who have supported them for decades i'm like that's what you offer this is your love letter to modders who literally here's a better picture than the picture you already have it, it, but i'm just saying they described it literally as this is a love letter to all the fans who have supported our games for decades and we put a lot of effort into it i'm like that is pr speak pr speak and pr speak because like you have fans who have been supporting your games like keeping them alive keeping them relevant more than anything yeah. so that people don't just not give a fuck about when your next title comes around they keep your name in the loop constantly with all these mods and shit and and, and a texture that, pack that is could your be a part line. of it though like i'm not going to deny that that could be a part like they think they're, they're giving back but i'm willing to to think that there is some other development reason why they do these high resolution texture packs and it's probably to get prepped for the next game and i, I could be wrong with that right mm-hmm. but say like do you remember when they were doing the new engine and the first thing that they they did was port That's over scary. skyrim and then that's yep. how we got Skyrim Special Edition. Skyrim did I have a, a high-resolution texture pack, but it wasn't in the first couple of months. It was in the first couple of months, but I, I have a feeling that they do these is just like as a next step to get to the next game or to improve the engine. Something around those lines. Like, I, I, I cannot imagine they, they just do these on a whim without there being an important reason behind it. That's just my opinion, and, and I don't know what that reason is. Mm-hmm. I, I, I can't just see them doing it. Over how many, like a year and a half, however much time has passed since Fallout 4 was announced or released. I can't then see them doing just random texture yeah, packs for no it's, reason. You're, yeah, that's what I, that's what I said. I, I, when I saw the tweet, I literally said, like, huh, that's random. Like, this is just... It's just random. It, the game has been done since August, and they're just kind of, like, out of nowhere. Oh, yeah, we have a high-resolution texture pack. Enjoy. And it's like, so, shit, okay. If mm. it could, it could be, and I'm just guessing, um... Talking to because I do mods and so talking to people who do textures and mods, some people have been very unhappy with Bethesda's textures. As we know, there's high high resolution <laughs> mod packs everywhere. 
58 gigs is not every single texture. We know that. Um, yeah, it'll be a, some some big ones, obviously. I think there's some technical stuff that happens. You fix your engine, you optimize, you realize we have a little extra texture texture budget. Let's do that. I think also, and now that I've talked to some developers who are used to be modders, who are like within the development community, there's a lot of tit for tat with modders sometimes, where mm. if a modder does an excellent you know texture pack and it beats out the you know the original creators, they're like, well, damn. So there's probably a tiny bit of ego, too, where it's like, okay, yeah. well, all right, and we need to do this. But I agree with Lone that like a lot of it is keeping people busy, having them learn, having them do new stuff, but yeah. also test, also testing. Like, how, can, how, how good can we make a, a crappy texture look? How good can we make – how much resolution do we need for an excellent texture? How yeah. much texture detail? And there's a lot of training that can yeah. occur at a company when you're like, okay, you three people make a texture pack. And you let them do it, and then you can see their work, but you can also mm-hmm. see like what you could possibly do. So I agree that yeah, there's probably a a, a lot of it is probably a t- like technical yeah. testing that makes sense to also give to the consumer. And and to be honest, it's probably something that a bunch of other developers do, but but there's just just like mm-hmm. and now we'll just release it for free yeah. because right. why not? That, that that's the way I see it, you know, happening. Yeah. So still though, not that that's a bad so. thing, but yeah. Yeah, it's also, like I said, there's a PS4 Pro update, which that doesn't surprise me. They promised that uh, around November, Those could have been intertwined, say. too, to be honest, though. Like, that, maybe that's another reason why. They were doing the PS4 right. Pro texture pack because they promised Sony, and they were like, well, how about we do the high-resolution texture pack while we're doing the PS4 Pro mm. increase? Is and, this just you know. for PC, by the way, this texture pack? Yeah. And yes. then the, the PS4 um, Pro update is separate. I think and I think it, Lone probably just hit on something too because with the PS4 Pro you know what you're getting and they're yeah. a, a, and they're doing this update with a the PC they don't care because they give it to you and how it runs is up to like your settings. So mm-hmm. I think that actually makes sense that yeah they maybe they did have some work on the PS4 Pro and then we're like okay well let's also just or Scorpio because you can't tell me Fallout yeah, 4 right. won't release for the Scorpio I don't care what anybody <laughs> says yeah. that's yeah. for sure a port um yeah. is is they're going to be the ultimate unbelievable collectors unlimited limited edition of <laughs> Fallout 4 right yeah so yeah. um for the Scorpio with higher res mm. so speaking of Fallout and Xbox Fallout Shelter coming to Xbox 1 next I know. Uh, not next week sorry I almost had a slip of the tongue there uh yeah just it's coming to Xbox 1 it also says Windows 10 PC which is weird cuz it's already on PC for Bethesda Net so fuck it let's just talk about the console version why just Xbox is this once again another? Nice I was gonna say, is this once again just that relationship between these two, where like they're just bros, and then Sony, they're like, "Yo, you guys fucking suck. We hate you." <laughs> like, <laughs> hey, no, but they did do no. They did do the PS4 Pro texture pack. Like they, they yeah. at least there's something there. And but, mods are now in the PS4. Yeah, like right. yeah, and I, I guess See, I just I'd love to hide. get trophies on my PS4 for Fallout Shelter. If I'm honest, like that, that's just, yeah. That, when I looked at that, I'm like, man, I'd love what? to get like a, a Fallout Shelter platinum trophy. Why? I just, what would that I involve? Love trophy like in in games, you know, you get like, oh, the trophies do and you? stuff. I, I love it. I love it. Gotcha. Like, I couldn't I, even tell you like an achievement I've ever got. Really? You know? Do you not care about that stuff? No, I definitely don't care. I anti care. Really? I I I, 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 no. I used to be yeah. in that period where I would get every single achievement for every game I played. I eventually got over it because it means you're playing a game for, for fucking forever. Yeah. Uh, no, no, I agree. That, That's, but... I, it's only certain games. Like, if it's a game I really care about, I'm like, it gave me so much. I, it's like I'm doing... It sounds weird. It's like you're almost doing the game a service, though. Like, Final Fantasy XV. Love that game. I was like, 
I saw the platinum trophy. I was like, okay, I can. I was going through the trophy list. And I was thinking like, okay, this is this is attainable. That's the thing. You gotta uh-huh. see if it's attainable first. It's like, right. okay, this doesn't look downright fucking tedious and annoying. I can definitely <laughs> get this. And and so I, I did it in about eighty hours. And that's you know that's a good healthy amount of time I put into a JRPG anyway. So I think achievements is a separate discussion because we could go on for I think that's actually a huge discussion when you start talking about game design and stuff. But one of the things I can only state the reason why I probably dislike them is because when I talk to developers, they fucking hate them many times. And it's because the game design is based around a fucking platinum trophy versus their actual game. Mm -hmm. Sales are weird. Yeah. Uh, One of the guys that I talked to was like, dude, we have no clue. It's very hard for us to even know how our game sold versus the platinum that we did or not the platinum they had a trophy that was very easy to get and their game is one of those lower priced games and they didn't know like what people liked did they like the game or were they trophy hunter and some people say well their sales that's all that matters it's true it's absolutely true but also they have to create their next game they need to know what people liked disliked those kind of things and it becomes a little bit of a gray area and then a lot of developers are like i want people to see um this ca- this this cave not 25 guys inside they have to kill to get a platinum yeah. like see the so way there's, i view it is if i were know, to be a developer and i was to create an achievement or trophy i would i would uh, treat it as almost a challenge mode there those, you go. those there are you the go. best ways to do achievements and trophies you know obviously you get your automatic story achievements and stuff that happens no matter what watching the first cutscene, but yeah yeah but not this fucking like alternate objective in the main story mission like Jump off this bridge instead of driving down <laughs> it, and and and, ta- and it tailors off and it just fucks up your progress because you wanted to get that trophy. Um, that, that's true, if, but if it's but like the, a challenge are... mode. I think that's more fun. Like, for example, Rage is like kill three guys with one RC car bomb. It's like okay, I'm gonna toy around more with that RC car bomb. You see that? Yeah, yeah. I don't get it. Whatever. That but... that adds to gameplay. Yeah. I think. Yeah, that's cool. No, I, I think achievements in another way though add value. Like for example, especially in an RPG. When you have a bunch of main story quests and then side quests, sometimes you're more incentivized to do a side quest if there's an achievement around it, and that means you're exploring more of the See, game. I, and I think I it's a way. Not to interrupt you, just I, I didn't like that in Fallout Three, for example, because I felt it would, it, it not only highlighted the amount of side quests that were in the game where it felt like there weren't too many, but it almost made it feel like okay, it's an achievement quest. This has got to be a really good one. And when it wasn't that amazing, like the uh, the family wow. quest line in Fallout Three, um, that right. one was like a decent one. But it, it really that was alright. Yeah, but it, it was, yeah, exactly. It was just like okay, and it was an achievement one. And I'm like, okay, that wasn't that special. And it feels like it overshadows the other quests in the game. Where um, that's why I say tie it to your main story, sure, to mark progress, to reward the player. Quotes. Right. Um, but, you know, I'd, I'd say treat it like a challenge mode because then doing different extra objectives after the game to get those trophies, that's fun too. Um, or tie to an to extent, like though, really because sometimes, sometimes there are, there are achievements and challenges that are just so obscure and so hard to get that they make you not enjoy the game as much, <laughs> yeah. to, I, to be honest. I, I, and I, can't, I can't recall specific examples, but probably when I was playing Borderlands, like there are just really hard achievements that because I was in my phase that I just wanted to get and think this is just not fun anymore. And it's just there to be annoying to be like, that's how I felt. And I'd prefer like those achievements that felt a bit more natural, like doing a side quest. That's natural. I agree. Yeah. I mean, I look at like Diablo three where it's like the achievements are pretty natural. As you play the game, you do these different mechanics, you do a couple of challenges and stuff. 
But then you got one that's like, play the game on hardcore difficulty. Now I'm thinking like, okay, you beat the game, you unlock hardcore. I realize there are 13 levels of torment difficulty that are fucking gruelingly hard before you can get <laughs> to that. And mind you, you can switch your difficulty mid-playthrough. So I could probably, in like a second playthrough, get to like Torment 5. I don't know. I'm just I'm just wagering a guess. Like, that's asking me for another really technically like, beat the game five times. Or some shit like that. To get to the hardcore mode. Uh, and it's like, that's... That's a lot. That's a lot to ask for. Where like the rest of it, you know, it's so polarizing because in the rest were pretty easy to acquire. And then you got these remaining few. It's like, do I just gun for it? It's like, no, fuck that. I just leave it as is. Um, where I, I love trophies and achievements. Um, it's just an exciting feeling. I don't know. I, I've always liked them, and I can never really explain exactly why. You know, because yeah. it's just a. It's almost like a, it's a it's one it's one of those reasons why we love games is that sense of achievement and satisfaction when you complete yeah. something in its entirety. That's the thing. Like, like, I think of it this way: like when I heard the Nintendo Switch probably won't have an achievement trophy system, like I got bummed. I'm like, that sucks. Like, why don't yeah. why don't you do that? I get that you you mm-hmm. know when I started playing games, what did I play it for? The video game or the falsified digital trophy? It's like obviously the game, and that's uh, why going I, going I, back. I, what I do now is I'll play the game for the first time through don't look at the trophy list if i really yeah. liked it if i'm like fuck yes i'm playing more then i'll look at the list then i'll go back and and, and that adds to replayability yeah. and it's another value proposition for people that don't have much money and and i think that's why like that could be part of the reason why achievements exist in the first place i i, I think they're brilliant and, and and i found my enjoyment with them in the time at the like not anymore because again i don't have much time to play games but mm-hmm. i i still think think they serve an important purpose to be honest yeah yeah, yeah, I uh, I do want to say that I said that developers hate them. The t- the ones I've talked to, it's the implementation they hate. Um, not and like fair enough. They're, yeah. they're just a bad thing, but the implementation. So I, that was that my sense. misspeaking. But yeah. what's weird is I've never seen a trophy list in my life. I wouldn't even know where to go to, to see what you're really? talking about. Achievementguide.com. Like the X, there's an Xbox achievement guide. There's, there's, yeah. a cha- there's oh. channel. Did you know there's channels like completely based off of trophy hunting and stuff like that? Well, sure, but there's channels based around some of the craziest shit on the internet. Okay. There's people who believe that Roswell's real. So like, <laughs> oh, to you me, got I'm achievement just, hunter. <laughs> they used uh, to be that. <laughs> aren't, aren't they like a website or something? See, I don't even remember. I don't watch YouTube. I don't like have any. Fair enough. I I don't do any of that kind of stuff. Mm. So I think it makes sense for like Lone said for for value add, but uh, I think, to be honest, there is almost all the developers do not do it for that reason. And I think mm. that if we if we got them more tracked towards doing value ads, and that would be even even cooler. Because I'm going to be honest, I play these games to see one thing, which is the end, so I can review it, right? Or yeah, so I can enough. feel like I've completed it, right? Uh, unless it's a football game, you can't win that fucker. Um, when I see an achievement for thank you for sitting through the first menu scene or the first cut scene, it infuriates me. And it's, it's so stupid. I just posted on Twitter a couple days ago. I was like, oh great. I just got a cut scene like trophy. Like what the, this makes no fucking sense. I agree. I think those are, those are gimmies. Those. So, so developers, I want them to be like, like, well, like you guys said, you know, defeat these people. Okay. I can do that without the game telling me to. See, I don't get rewarded by that either. If I see something pop up, I never go. <laughs> I'm like, mm. get out of the way. Yeah, Matter of fact, yeah. I turn them off. But I can see what you mean if like, it said, go to this place in uh, Skyrim and do this special, do something within it that, that like is unique. 
I can yeah. see those being useful. I just, to be honest, don't see that very often. I feel like many times when I get them, I'm like, what the fuck am I getting this for? You shot 1,000 bullets. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a fucking shooter. <laughs> yeah. Of course I would. I would yeah. I, Right? It reminds me of uh, that's not playing, an achievement. I've been playing a lot of Dead or Alive Five lately. I just it, do you ever just pick up a random game and just go like, okay, yeah, Dead or yeah, Alive Five has been that random game for me. Really, I like it a lot too. I, I always loved Dead or Alive though. Like I, I, I was too young. Let's just say when I was playing three and like you'd see tits bouncing all over the place, you'd be like, <laughs> fucking shit! Like my, I couldn't believe my eyes sometimes. This is the greatest game of yeah, all time. See, I love like it. for those who actually <laughs> mom play, get like, out of the room. Yeah, yeah, you'd see like Tina, and I'd be like, okay, mm, okay, settle down. Uh, I feel shivery. I feel shivery. Something's going on. You know, I, and I was looking at the trophies of that game, and one of them was like, watch a movie, watch a replay, change the background music, go into your options, play mm. a versus match, play a, tag, mm. a time attack, do a tag match. Me, okay, that's Monday. Go into that training. Yeah. Go into your move list. Like I'm like... What do you think? I'm a dumbass? Like, I can do that in five fucking minutes. That's like 20 trophies in five minutes. I did. I was like, that, that was easy. I mean, I, I still play it a ton. I'm getting the value for my money. I got it on sale for like 15 bucks. And so uh, I'm, I'm getting more than my money's worth, man. Uh, but what I was getting at, speaking of that game, was that I like it when maybe I'll go out of my way for a trophy, but it'll tie into an uh-huh. in-game reward. So, like, yeah. for example, I, it was like, go do, uh, you know, X amount of tag matches. And I'm like, okay, fuck it, whatever. I do them. And then I got like a couple costumes for characters. And I was like, okay. So like, I wouldn't. I would have just been playing the game and naturally unlocked it. But now I went for that and I got an in-game reward and I started wearing all these new costumes and fights. They're, the Makes game's sense. goofy as fuck. So I mean, there's there's goods and bads to it. For me, it's like I don't, think every don't achievement should be it. matched to something. Yeah, I agree. I, I remember. I mean, one thing it was it was kind of cool. I think it was a good way for Xbox to do it is that they'd uh, have the achievements match up with avatar items and and you yeah, get correct yeah that's that cool yeah. I, I really like that, that actually i was i was still not okay with but i actually somebody got something which i i thought was mm-hmm. was sort of cool yeah and i, I think remember, that like, they ODST worked a little would harder give you like halo helmets mm-hmm. and armor and stuff and and that was cool yeah fair so cool. anyway it's a good, well, it's a good yes, discussion i never shit achievements though like they, they had some hard achievements in that game oh yeah remember. like what do you remember I, 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 you know what? It, it's one achievement. Hold up, like it's one on game? the one of the hardest achievements of all time. ODST, he said. Oh, like, wasn't it collect, collecting like the medals or something Dude, Halo, like that? Halo like, achievements are just ridiculous. Like the fucking yeah. collect all the skulls. They're for the hardcore. Yeah, skulls. That's the one. That's oh, the one. Right, yeah. Those things. Getting all the skulls, pain. man. Grenade jumps. And finding out the amount of suicides I've accidentally done in that game. Trying to on on a silent cartographer. Trying to grenade jump your way up onto the top of this fucking little capsule yep. to get a fucking skull. Oh my god. The amount of times I threw down a grenade and blew myself up. It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. That, that game that game's insane. How about we talk about Ghost Recon Wildlands? Carrick, you and I played a bit of the yes. beta. Yes. Yes. We did. You go first. All right. I I'm gonna debunk everything he says. Go. (laughs) (laughs) Where's my popcorn? As the stream said, or as the stream saw. Sorry, I was not impressed. Okay, now here's the thing: is I sat down and they they forcibly play a video that you cannot skip, and it goes, "We worked on this game for over four years. We worked hard. We love this game. Love letter to gamer." Did you, did you get an achievement for it? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you play? Did you get you play points for that? <laughs> and um, I'm like, okay. So I sit down and play it, and it is, as I described to Carrick, a culmination of every Ubisoft idea in a video game ever. It's got Far Cry DNA. 
It's got Division in it. It's got um, Assassin's Creed in it. it. It's got Tom Clancy's Splinter Cell. It's just got every... I'm not saying, like, unique spins on them. Like, the customization, the way you uh, go through swipping, switching weapons, like double-tapping while you take out your pistol, the way the weapons line up. Division. Um, like, it, uh, what else is there? The way the world is laid out, the exploration. Far Cry. The way that you tackle bases. Far Cry. I mean... It's just, it, it, and also kind of the stealth reminds me of Splinter Cell, which makes sense. It's a Tom Clancy series. But, um, I mean, man, this game just doesn't feel like, uh, for example, if I looked at Ghost Recon, I think it was Advanced Future Soldier or something, I'd look at it and go, like, that's a Ghost Recon game. Looking at right. this, I'm like, this is a Ubisoft game, which I think is telling in a way, because they have a DNA, which I was just talking about with uh, Bethesda games, where... You know, you you play Elder Scrolls, you play Fallout. They have a similar feel, but they're very different things. Where this just seemed like just every Ubisoft trope stuffed into a, a title so far, and um, I just I wasn't a fan of it overall. Um, I liked how some of the, for example, though I, I do have to say on the positive side, I liked how you could tackle bases and, um, but it, it also was very Far Cry Far Cry Primal. There we go. Toss the owl up instead. In this, toss your drone up spot yeah. enemies yeah then you you make your way into the base with all the marked enemies and it, it's just really just playing fucking tag because they all have their backs turned because you know where all of them are and it's just i like taking down the base i like the idea of co-op action i really like the socom feel the game has where you know you'd shoot someone and you'd hear like over the radio someone go like target down uh because i i love tokon tokon jesus christ so, so socom so, so much yeah. and uh that game definitely gave me the feel for that but um, it was also yeah, – I also really appreciated the dynamic nature of the game where I'd go into a base to, to pick something up and it'd say like, oh, hey, and if you take this helicopter and bring it back to a, uh, yeah. this certain point, you'll get this many skill points for your skill section. Um, and I kind of like that, but it seems like also the Ubisoft collect-a-thon, you know, tag these supplies. That's what you can do is when you tag supplies, you get supply points, which is essentially experience points because you unlock skills. That's what it is. Um, which you could also connect, holy shit, it just hit me, back to the division where you unlock skills by, like, getting, for example, medical supplies or the tech tree, the security tree, and then those that unlock skills as you invested in each of those by getting fucking supplies. Jesus Christ, man. I can't fucking believe it. I, I That just hit me. This shit, I, do you not agree with me? Like, this shit is so much like every Ubisoft game in one. It doesn't feel like Ghost Recon. That's my issue, really. Does yeah. not feel like Ghost Recon. Yeah, Lone. Do you have anything to add before I go? No, go ahead. I haven't really played it, so. Yeah. So uh, the name's wrong. A Far Cry Primal shouldn't have been Car- Far Cry Primal. Should have been Primal. Uh, there's multiple games that uh, their their name does. Whether you like that game or not, I don't care. These names, the the names need to start. Pe- people need to start taking care of of like the IP itself and understanding what makes the IP super popular, whatever. Uh, what what you have with this is Tom Clancy's. What what is it like? How how does the full name go? Is it Tom Clancy's Ghost Recon Wildlands? I want to say Tom Clancy's Ghost Recon Wildlands, or yeah. is Tom Clancy in there? Okay, Tom Clancy, it is Tom so, Clancy in yeah. there. Yeah. So if you said here's Wildlands, uh, many gamers would look at that in a different light than when you say here is a fucking Ghost Recon mm-hmm. game. That's yeah, you're right. Like the name is the, it, it shouldn't be named that. Whether you start talking about design, 
that's something that I think Ubisoft, everybody has metrics. They see what people like. They see what people engage yeah, with. Yeah, we were talking about that. Yeah, and so what you and I may like um, may not be for the, for the larger contingent mm-hmm. of people playing these games. I will say this. Uh, it, it, was, it was generic forest land number 45, but it was Big also nine. very fun at times. Yes. And so I had, I, I played for about eight hours. And oh, for wow. the first two, I was like, hmm, things feel off. Driving's off. This is off. Performance was okay. I know other people were having terrible problems. I was, I was okay with that. But then about the third hour in, I had this one moment where, uh, did I tell you about the truck? Yeah. Did I tell you the truck yeah, moment for, prior? For the cast. Where, well where basically um, there's so much verticality in the game. That's the first thing I love. I love verticality. Witcher 3 did it right. Skyrim, 10,000 steps. The, right? Isn't that, 10, isn't that what I that's called? 7, 000, the, something like that. So, but I love the, the climb. Ver- verticality really allows you to make the world feel bigger. The verticality here is fantastic. Um, and, and, and I was in a truck and it says it says uh, order assault. And I'm like, what the fuck does this button do? And I order it. They bust out the windows, leap up onto the windowsills and start firing as I go through a base. And my brain was just like, that was epic. Yeah, that cool. And it was, it was all of this. I mean, like the shocks were making sound, like there was all of these movie time moments that I really liked. Was it ghost recon movie time moments? No, mm-hmm. it was, it was far more. So it was far more action, right. Than than I think I expected originally. Um, it was it's generic. I mean, like we can we can say it's all these other games, but then you can also say, well, they didn't spin around a tower, so is it really like Far Cry? Um, there's differences and there's similarities. Every game has to have a HUD. I hated the HUD in this game. It looked just like every other game. Do you play the HUD? No, so fuck off. Like that's me being stupid. Like I need to not worry about that. That's stupid. Um, I mean, that's a that's a part of the presentation that you initially it see. Is. If it's an obtrus- if it's an obtrusion to the product yeah itself. yeah if it breaks you out it didn't break me out but it did make me go holy shit like, <laughs> this is yeah. this is like copy and paste but um there was a lot of really cool spots in that game a, a very cool moments uh but there was overall a feeling of a lot of feeling of been there done that um that's the thing though yeah it, it's that that's life. i don't like, um i don't hate ubisoft games as much as it sounds like i i do i i really i i don't i um it, it's i they don't try to innovate on their formulas and instead dip into other titles that made them unique and share them with other games and sense making all of them feel the same where, uh, you know, like I said, a Ghost Recon Wildlands really is a lot like The Division just in an open world or a much more open world space and you can do it single player. Um, oh, let's talk about the AI. Real quick, though. And I agree with you, but I also this is me arguing with myself. This is what I do all day. Uh, I agree with you, but you just indicated two huge differences by saying they were similar or by saying that they were just this, but with small changes. It is an MMO, which is vastly different Mm -hmm. uh, or or a co-op, which is vastly different than an MMO, which is division. So that so, yes, it's just like this. But these two differences that you just mentioned are massive differences. True. Yeah, it's just that so we have to you have to the, be honest on that. part. No, I agree. It's just more so the the DNA of both those games are, are very much the same, despite are very being much the same. Yeah. Incredibly different. I mean, here's the thing, though, is that it's it's because yeah. we've had this discussion before. They tie so much to the Tom Clancy name that we, yeah. could, we could yeah. just say that maybe they're making them similar. Oh, it's a Tom Clancy game. Maybe that's the way they're looking at it. 
this is the Tom Clancy DNA. It's got to feel like yeah. Division's got to feel like Ghost Recon. Could that be what we're missing? Maybe, but for me, Maybe. it's like I look at Ghost Recon as something separate and different. Where um, I liked how the cover system and the the stealth worked. That was very Splinter Cell esque. But like I said, yeah, it, it's just it seemed like a mixed bag of, of a lot of Ubisoft games in one. And um, I don't know if it was in a I, I wouldn't say it was in a good way. It just, like you said, it was a lot of been there, done that. Yeah. I mean, one thing you and I and, well, any, anybody who's, I mean, not even reviewing games, but buying games, you have to wonder sometimes. We demand innovation, but we also don't understand the financial uh, artistic risks of, of innovation a lot oh. of times, even though I just bitched about Ken Levine <laughs> or <laughs> Levine Levine, whatever, even though I just bitched about him. This is, like I said, I argue with myself all day long when I'm, when I'm yeah, reviewing a game because I have to come from each side you know reaction and all that shit yeah um i agree with you i mean i agree like i agree but you and i came out of it at at slight like i didn't love it but it sounds like you're a little bit hating it does that and and i'm not saying you're a hater i'm just saying that if the middle line is here you're here here's the thing is i use the word hate on entertainment properties very selectively like i try to make sure that if i tell you because I view it as a reviewer. If you go like, I love this game, like it's got to really have weight. Because if you say I love yeah, this, for I sure. love that, you know, it always it gets it loses its value. Sounds the same. It's yeah. Ubisoft. Yeah. And so if I wouldn't say I hate Generic. it because I don't hate Ubisoft games, but I mm-hmm. don't. I'm not a fan. Not a fan. Uh, or rather, because hmm. I don't want to predetermine my judgment on the. How title. long have you played? Can I ask real quick? Uh, three and a half. Well, that's long enough to. Yeah. yeah. And and so I, I put a lot of or a decent amount of time into it. Not as much as you, but for me. I think it was enough to formulate an opinion where it didn't instill confidence. Now, mind you, though, when you zoom out on the map and then you zoom out again, you see, like, this branching tree of all these different uh, lieutenants and stuff you can take down. And it started to give me some Mafia 3 flashbacks in a way where I see different quadrants of the world. And I'm going to go there and maybe they will have different activities for me to do. But that was one area I didn't have a lot of issue with, actually. Um, was what I was getting on about one of the positives is that I really liked how I was in the middle of just gathering some intel and they were like, steal that helicopter. Yeah. And and you get this. I was like, fuck yeah, I need to get out of here anyway. I'm going to take this helicopter instead. And so I I liked that, that dynamic design um, where it kind of just popped up and it was kind of, it was a surprise. Um, None of the objectives really, and mind you, when I say objectives, I'm talking about what the game had you doing for missions. Uh, felt uh-huh. very samesy, which was good. That was good. Uh, you know, you'd have one where you'd be shutting down antennas for a tower. Uh, you'd have one taking out a d or a uh, convoy. That's the word I was looking for. Yeah, um, taking out a very base. Mad Max in yeah. the convoy stuff. I liked. Yeah, actually, I liked. So the I-, I did like that, and I could see a lot of good co-op fun here, like taking on a convoy with friends. I mean, I imagine that's a blast. Yeah, you know, that sounds like a lot of fun. Uh, it's just my concern is, let's say I go to this section of the map, then this one, then this one, are they always just going to be the same gameplay loops or maybe certain quadrants of the map will have unique things where maybe there'll be a more marshy swamp lands and they'll have to do with more boating missions and stuff. Uh, that would be interesting to see. That would be. I think the only thing is you have to look at game design and make sure that the developer has to make sure that the game loop that you learned at the starting, the mechanisms that you that you learned in the first hour have to be in some way usable in the 77th hour mm-hmm. and in a, in a new location i bitched about this on my podcast one of the things that we will not see because i checked and i wanted to see sort of what you just said i would have liked to have seen that each branch of their 
grouping. So like Maddie controls one gang, I control another. Well, we're different type of people. We would train our people different. They would do different things. I wanted to see more differences in the activities therein. Like, is this a cyber fucking, are these hacking, hacking, uh, you know, crack, crack sellers? Do I need to do something a, a little bit different here? It's all going to be, no matter what they do, we know what's going to happen. You will shoot people in the face and that will be the end all be all. It, it, and I wish there was more. I don't, I wanted, and this is where I thought there was a big golf in this game. I wanted more activity uh that wasn't just shooting it can be a shooting game but in movies where it's ghost you know it's tom clancy they do other things there's tension uh there's not a lot of tension when you say hello to somebody by shooting them in the face like that's there's not that the tension goes away yeah. and so that did feel samey as hell to me it, it's going to be weird matt because like this is it looks like a massive get massive yeah. beyond I mean, when you see the little section you're playing in for the demo and you see like 12 of them or 13. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the thing is like, will people like, like, will they reward Mm -hmm. over time? What I'm happy about, though, is it's a co-op game. We were talking about how there is such a fucking shortage. And and so it is a co-op game and you will. And it's instant. Drop in, drop out. I did it. Yeah. So that's, that's always good. Um, I like the weather in the game. That was really cool too. Just, uh, the way. Um, what do you think of the graphics just overall? You like, I mean, overall, you were pretty okay with it? Yeah, them? yeah, definitely. It's a very pretty world. I mean, I always thought it was going to be a pretty game. What about the animation? I The animation when he's going down a hill, he'll turn sideways, mm. and he does a, a side hop that just looked real. Like, there was a couple times where I was like, fuck, that yeah. dude looks like, yeah, and, and his I, feet didn't do Ubisoft's the thing where they cut always, through the ground. <laughs> we've talked about this, too, is that they've always been good with the obscure little things yep. like you said in the the, the uh, animation loop in Watch Dogs where it was like never the same with some guy on yeah. the side of the street you yeah. know it was insane it's yeah. uh stuff like that uh they they show their talent in, in little ways like that a lot of the time and um it can be easy to miss for a lot of gamers but yeah i agree that you know mixed bag i guess we've come to the conclusion right yeah, mixed for bag sure. for sure let's get on to some topic though that Lone can actually talk about march mm-hmm. 3rd is going to be a busy day we got the Nintendo Switch, but it seems Warner Brothers doesn't give a fuck because they're going to be <laughs> teasing or they are teasing a new game announcement for that day. Let's have our guess based off the image itself, which said save the date, March 3rd. It had a more of a bluish, dark blue kind of color scheme hinting at either what looked like the gothic type of Batman or Shadow Mordor 2. I want to say Shadow of Mortal, but it looks Batman, to be honest. Dude, if they do another Batman game, I mean, I fucking love the Batman games, but I also, just the, the thought of it, it's almost like Fallout in a way where it's like, I, it, the thought of it is like, <laughs> just give it a break, but I know the second they announce it, I'll be like, okay, I'm on board, let's do this, you know what I'm saying? Have you ever had that feeling with a game where like before it's potential announcement, you're like, oh man, I don't know if I'm going to be excited, and then you know like when it gets announced, you're, you're probably going to find that excitement deep down within you, because that's the beauty of games. I think it's going to be Shadow of Mortar too, though. I really do. I, it I, it I kind of looks like... I want to send you guys a link of this. Like, someone tweeted it out. And it kind of looks like this Batman image. Not really, but, like, the same color scheme. Mm-hmm. So have a look at that and, and see what you think. But I, I would like it to be Shadow of Mordor, because I'm about to play that game. And I'm a huge Lord of the Rings fan, even though it's God, you know, two Arkham different Origin. stories. But, yeah. Ugh, that game. I like that game. I didn't love it. Oh, wait, no, it, no, 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 no. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm thinking of the the handheld. 
the handheld version. <laughs> of course you're thinking of the fucking name. Arkham Origins. Did you play that on your I'm sorry, on that no, is... because I agree. I, I think Arkham Origins is criminally underrated. I like that game. But okay. it's just that they're paired up against the rest of Rocksteady, so it's just an unfair fight. But mm. yeah, the, the the handheld one, uh, Blackgate or something like that. Christ, I hated that game. It, it That's what I can say game. I hated. I just did not like <laughs> that game. I mean, is there any chance of this being not Batman and not Shadow of Mordor? That was actually what I was just going to ask. Yeah. Is like, it w- if it if not, I think another grim dark game would be a little bit like boring. I mean, if, I don't know. It's so it's so exact the color schemes and stuff for either one of those two. It'd be weird yeah. to see a third one. I mean, here's um, the thing: is that Batman? When was oh Arkham Knight was 2015? Holy shit! It was. It was 2015. Yeah. I was just about to say that was last year. Damn. So there, there's been enough time for uh, space for an announcement. I mean, um, go ahead. You th- I, I'm just thinking. Like, do you think they're they're, they're thinking we've done three Batman games? Maybe we should do something else, and that, that they're not working on a Batman game. Well, I think Lone brought up sales. Uh, prior to the podcast starting, I think it was on mm-hmm. this podcast where he was bringing up sales. Did Mordor sell enough to do? Uh, you know, because it was critically liked by by many. But w- like, how did it sell? Did because you have to beat, you have to decide. Mm-hmm. Do you have this studio do Batman, which you know is probably going to do well, or do you have him do Mordor? And you have to look at the sales. I don't know the sales of Mordor. Uh, I know a lot of people liked it. I personally think. I just it doesn't make sense for me for to be Batman. I don't know why. I think it's probably because mm. it feels so close. Um, so saying, to it hasn't me, been time to miss Batman. Yeah, to me, it feels like Mordor. But I got a lot of rumors about the Damien version of of a new Batman. Where so, hmm. th- like, there were a lot of rumors hitting just recently about it. So there's that too. I mean, so I, I'm looking. Oh God, it's a. Uh, I was trying to look at VG charts, which. Is not oh, obviously reliable. What? It's not reliable oh. at all. But even if we're going to take that as like an incredibly, incredibly rough guide, yeah. let's let's say five million units. Let's say it sold five million. Then that's more than enough for a sequel. That's Jesus, way more than enough. That's more than I expected. <laughs> it's way. It's it's almost double. I was thinking at most two million. Um, yeah. But it had a ton of huge sales too. So well, it, it also good. sold on old gen consoles as well. So mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, true. Yeah, three hundred and sixty version and yeah. I I would love to see a sequel. Carrick and I are in the same mind that uh, we enjoyed it a lot, but also I felt the Nemesis system was not yeah. designed for people who were decent at video games where I didn't <laughs> die except for maybe once, so I was never able to Crazy. exact the full potential of the Nemesis system where I wasn't developing a fucking rivalry with anyone because I was fucking busy cop- cutting all their heads off. Like, you know, I, I didn't have a... I had a couple moments where I did have to run away, and they'd say, like, yeah, run, and you'd, you'd go back and kill them. Uh, but, like, they were so few and far between that it, it really had little impact on me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so yeah. I'm hoping – I mean, that's the other thing. We have to consider that, yeah, it could be Batman, but that team hasn't done anything since Shadow of Mordor 1. It's been about four years now. A little bit more. Okay, wait, time. wait, wait, wait. So that same – so – I don't think Monolith then has it's... done anything. Yeah, that's true. Then it's got. Then it's yeah. I mean, you would assume. I hope it's not something else. Um, you would assume it is. Or, you know, does somebody yeah, they do something done that's anything not... since Mordor? Well, since they own the Batman IP, do they do something crazy and don't do Batman in a game that we expect and don't do Shadow Mordor, but do like a Batman that's that's different 
Is it a you know adventure game? Is it Tomb Raider? People hmm. building on the success of the Tomb Raider Uncharted, and we're going to do a, a, a more of a I don't know what you would call it because they're sort of like that already, but less open world. We're going to do something different, like. It could just be we. I've got surprised before where I'm like, oh yeah, it'll definitely be this, and yeah. they're all no, it very well Nickelodeon Battle else. Crashers. <laughs> this is the same team. I'm looking at some of yeah. their games. Uh, I mean, they did Fear Two, mm-hmm. they did Condemned, they did Gotham City Imposters. If it was Condemned, I would shit myself if it was Condemned Three. They that did Guardians of Middle Earth, which I think was like a strategy game. They did Matrix Online. Mm. I mean, they've done a mixed bag of games on top of what we were just recently talking about, Middle Earth, Shadow, Mordor. So, I mean, from them, it could be anything, really. It's not a guarantee that it would be Middle Earth. And I guess that's where we'd have sales play into account where we can narrow down more like, okay, it's sold enough for a sequel or no, it didn't. Yeah, I mean, if it's anywhere near what VG, what what is it called? VG? VG charts, but it's uh, that's not reliable. And I know I, it's not, but I'm say saying five? even close. Did they, did they say five? They, they said 5.7, and I said five. As a, Even if it's two. Even if it's way off. And it's yeah, two. that's what I was saying, is even if it's two uh, Although, in this day and age. Do you remember, I, I, it was with hmm. uh, Tomb Raider, and that, it sold very like... very successful, 5.7. Tomb Raider sold several million copies, and, and they weren't happy with the number of, of copies sold. That's Maybe true. Maybe Warner Brothers is of the same mind. It could I want to try I mean, and get the specifics. Just because I look at it this way, Bioshock Infinite was technically successful. I think it sold seven or eight million. Uh, no, Lone's right. Uh, Steam Spy alone, so just Steam sales alone, is looking at around 2.5 million. Wow. Just on Steam. Um, right. So, uh, copies on the consoles, including old gen, yeah, that would uh, that would make total sense. So, so with uh, Tomb Raider, it was apparently in the first month it sold 3.5 million copies and Square Enix was expecting 6 million. So... Yeah, who who really knows with numbers and nowadays? You rise of the Tomb Raider. Oh my god, what a <laughs> colossal fuck up! Wait a minute. Wait, what? Not the game. Not the game. Oh, okay. No, the sales and and when they decided to sell that game. Yeah, I gotcha for going, sure. Going yeah, going it's a Titanfall two moment. Yeah, going against Fallout four. We got this. That's like mm. running. It's like running at like a fucking army of dudes with guns, and there's a hundred of them, and you have one switchblade. It was the exclusivity thing that, like, that was the game that was exclusive on Xbox One and PC for a year, right? Yeah, yeah. one year. Yeah, but even so, when it came to PS4, they said the sales were still very bad. It's just, it, but of, yeah. of course they were. Of it course, it was window. a year after the game. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, it, it, my opinion is, if you're going to go exclusive, exclusive, go all the way. Like, even though I wasn't happy about Street Fighter Five being exclusive to PS4, it still makes more sense than kind of having something that comes in a year, anyways. Yeah, but that's just my opinion. It's temporary. Yeah. Maybe a month. <laughs> mm. Do like Call of Duty DLC, but... Yeah. <laughs> How about that Obsidian? Fun. Recently, Furious Urquhart, we've mentioned him a couple of times on the cast so far, did a talk with IGN, and they really just opened up a can of worms on <laughs> yeah. all those canceled games they've gotten. And, I mean, there there are some of them that really stick out. Uh, we found out there was a second canceled Fallout 3. Yep. <laughs> yep. They're they're not not Van Buren, ladies and gentlemen, that a lot of people know about. There's gameplay out for that now. There was a 3D like open Fallout Three that was in development from Interplay. So here's what I found interesting when I heard that bit of news. I was like, you know, a lot of people are saying I have a video on this coming out Monday. 
a lot of people are sitting there thinking like, oh my god, if it didn't go to Bethesda, it wouldn't have gone open world, and we would have never had to deal with Fallout getting casualized. It was going open either way. It was. Is what I learned from that. I was like, it was going to be 3D no matter what. It was just the natural progression of the franchise, and I mean, the team that was that is beloved for creating that franchise was taking it in that direction anyway. So it really makes and, you think. And to be honest, it, it annoys me um, a little bit when people are like, oh, Bethesda ruined Fallout. I- I'm sorry, they saved Fallout. There was a reason why Interplay sold Fallout. Yeah. Like, they, they weren't making money. They were, they were in dire straits. Well, Fallout's a mainstream name now. Everyone knows Fallout now. It is. It Everyone is. Like, and and if, that's not, if it's not the Fallout that, that you like, well, sorry. That is f- that, it's successful. It's that successful. Is, and, yeah. it, and something needed to happen because it was being sold. The company was in fucking so much debt. Well, that, I think it wasn't possible. That, that's probably uh, like an immaturity when it comes to the understanding lineage of a title. Uh, you, you can when you get into the part where it's super popular, people start to think it's always been popular. It's just yeah. like when I say if somebody just jumps into gaming, they don't care about Far Cry three. They care about the new Far Cry that's coming out. Like, yeah. so uh, there, there's that issue. But I have to say this and I, I want to know if you guys agree. <laughs> He he did ruin some fan arguments that I see on forums that I thought were hilarious. And when you talk to developers, a lot of times you hear something, but you see it on a forum where somebody will say something else and you'll be like, that's not what developers are saying. Like, how does this rumor get propagated? And yeah. some of the stuff he said was hilarious, like the open world fallout things. I just loved how he was like, yeah, no. <laughs> or like the, 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 and he, he was like, I got to make something clear here when it comes to like the review score for fallout. Uh, for for New Vegas, when it hit the 84, that contract bonus was not something we asked for. It was something the company just randomly added who was paying us. So, yeah, it sucked we didn't get it, but we didn't ask for it. Like, we had no... That mm-hmm. wasn't a, that wasn't something we want, and it was just sort of funny because I know everybody's like, I blame this, and you know, I can't believe, and I can't believe, and even though he probably wanted the bonus, it was cool to have him. He's always been known as being stand-up, you know, and being like, this is the the truth of the matter, and I loved... I loved some of his sort of debunking and adding data both ways to, yeah. to uh, he, the discussion. Uh, it was fantastic. Yeah, Ryan McCafferty does awesome interviews, by I the way. I love him. Yeah, he's great. Dude, yeah. He, um, but what I found interesting when he was talking about that was that um, he was like, yeah, we didn't even need it. He's like, would it have been nice? Sure. He's like, yeah, but we didn't, that wasn't going to like keep us, keep our doors open or anything. He's like, we didn't need that extra money. He's like, it doesn't, he's like, we don't lose sleep over it or anything. Uh, because it, myself included, when you know you you first look at the story, just based off the information before this interview, it looked like you know Obsidian made the game. They were just a point below the Metacritic they needed, and they and Bethesda was like, "Sorry, we're not going to give you it," and, and it made Bethesda look like a bunch of assholes. Still, in in a uh, like Fergus said in the interview, as an act of maybe good faith and a good partnership and, and long term. Yeah. You know, working together again down the line, it would have been probably the smart idea to go. Here's your bonus, you know. But uh, like contracts, he also mentioned, man. I was just about to say, like he also mentioned, there's contracts. There's I don't think people know about a lot of the paperwork behind all these games and stuff. Or maybe even if Bethesda said we want to do this, maybe the contract binded them where they could not do it, or else they'd be breaking said contract. Yeah. Um, Loan, I know, and I'm sure Carrick, you as well. You're you're both probably way more familiar with that field than I am. Um, but yeah, it's just that I, I liked how, like you said, Carrick, he, he really cleared up a lot of stuff. Let's talk more about some of the canceled games, though. There was a Aliens one he mentioned with Sega. <laughs> yeah, it was That's uh, interesting. Not preju- uh, it was Aliens, not Purgatory. Damn it. 
I watched the re- I can't remember the name. <laughs> yeah, but... It's Purgatory. Yeah, Purgatory. That'd be awesome. A, you said there was like a, a skill tree as you like customize your own alien and stuff. Like it was really different. He said, and how hard it was to make. Did you mm-hmm. watch that part? Yeah, where he was talking about the animation. He's mm-hmm. like, aliens are hard. Because we, you get this huge creature and it tries to turn in a doorway this big, and you're trying to do the animation. He was like, he was like, aliens are tough, which was cool for I him to sort of that. admit some of the difficulties. What are other games? Because I I only watched that portion to tell Dark you Al- the Dark Alliance two thingy. Oh my god! Yeah. Oh my god! Yeah. So, ladies and gentlemen, uh, they were going to make. Um, and what's funny, what's really fucking funny is not only have I recently, I played Diablo three, so I'm into that style of game as of late, but I was like looking at older games. I was watching old dark Alliance gameplay from the Baldur's Gate games. I was watching champions to arms. I'm watching all these old over the top gauntlet style games. And then all of a sudden here comes out. They were making a fucking star Wars version of it from Obsidian. I was just like, Oh my God. Like that. I didn't realize how badly I needed that until they said it. Yeah. That sounds yeah. fucking fantastic to me. I love those types of games. I mean, imagine a Diablo kind of skill tree in a sense where you are to your lightning spell, well, spell, Jesus right. Christ, lightning force power. I can't believe I just said that. Um, stuff along those lines. I mean, you could really make a cool Star Wars game that way, and I never thought about it until now. Man, cancellations are tough. Yeah. He... There was a launch Lone, do you have anything, Dad? Sorry? I was just saying, Lone, did you did, did you have anything to add to that? Like, no, have no you... I never got into Baldur's Gate, to be honest. Oh, that's what I was going to ask. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Shut up, Maddie. Piece of shit. <laughs> what did you, what'd you do? Tell him he sucked? Yeah. Hey, we all have our Far Cry Primal or our Battlefield Hardline. <laughs> and sometimes we're smart like, like him, and he just decides not to play the game. Yeah. He's like, no. I'm just, exactly. we, Maddie and I are like, let's experiment with stupid. Yeah, let's see how but fucking Lone, get into this Lone is just day. like, guys, I may be no. younger than you. In fact, <laughs> I, you know, I, I was born a year before Carrick graduated. Fucker. But he's smart, you know? He's, he's, he's intelligent. Uh, that that yeah. fact still blows my mind. Uh, mine too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what is this uh, Xbox launch title, though? I'm very curious about this. Yeah, Storm, Storm, cha- uh, uh, Storm Gazers, Storm Chasers. It was a. Uh, it became Tyranny, which I played, loved. By the way, if you get if you get a chance, okay. play Tyranny. But it was uh, a lot of it. He said the themes somewhat transferred over to Tyranny, but it was about a world of post-apocalyptic with storms, being an evil guy in charge. What would happen if evil won? So when that didn't work out for Microsoft. He he. Then they went on and, and kickstarted uh, the tyranny. But what was interesting is he said the reason why it was considered so negative. He didn't like the way Microsoft handled it because they switched his executive um, connection to Microsoft out, and so the person who replaced the person who was championing championing. How do you say that? Championing. 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 <laughs> oh, fuck it. Whatever. Uh, was gone and so he said the person who took over had no political clout in microsoft and and couldn't push the title and it got canceled over time he said that sort of sucked and it was tied to a loss of people because they lost that money but what was interesting is how much got into tyranny like it like when he started talking about he tried to say not a lot did but like once he broke it down the major parts that make tyranny what it is were in that game and so it was very cool because uh ryan even asked ryan's like well do you do you get to return to an idea because you've had a lot of canceled games have you ever gone back at aliens or whatever and that's when he brought up tyranny and he's like well actually tyranny is us going back to a prior 
you know, IP and, cool. and, and getting it out for people. Very That's cool. cool. Yeah. Very yeah. Cool. Very cool. Are there any other canceled ones he mentioned? I was just disappointed he didn't talk about uh, some of the star, other Star Wars ideas he's pitched. Oh, he did say – that's one thing he said is um, – that's why I liked – you know, you know some developers, uh, myself. Sometimes they know stories that, like, fans just don't hear. Or they know the difficulties. And that was one of the cool things is he, he talked about how many of his pitches have, have not succeeded mm. and how difficult it was to pitch and, like – he he said like he he said there are so many games that have not been made or have been canceled that people will never know about um, that people probably should so that they can educate themselves to how hard it is to get a game made you know and how those things come together it was very yeah. just Ryan knows his shit he knows how to get people to talk and he's comfortable with people and it was cool to hear him sit there and talk about all these all these games i i don't it wasn't as it wasn't all about the canceled games in fact ryan waited until the end the rest well no he didn't actually it was just that it was very positive like we hear canceled and i think you and i think "Mm, Mm -hmm. can't can't you've been canceled but instead it was more like um these are just business opportunities that didn't work out which allowed us to do fallout Mm-hmm. And and he talks he talks all about that. It's very cool, yeah, very cool. Great guy. Yeah. <clears throat> anyway, next bit of news. Just wanted to briefly talk some Star Wars because I, I didn't get much from that conversation. Uh, Battlefront Two is releasing holiday twenty seventeen. Sounds a campaign. About right. Yes, it does. Yeah. There, does it uh, have Star Wars fighting in it, like starships, <laughs> space. But the way they're making it sound, I mean, this game's getting the weirdest form of marketing because it's coming from, like, earnings calls and, like, fucking oh, okay. discussions amongst EA itself. Not huh. like, oh, they're reporting to the press. Here's what's coming in Battlefront 2 because the game hasn't been officially announced. Right? Announced, yeah. Yeah, like, it, just people yeah. are like, yeah, Battlefront 2 is coming. Okay. And um, I, I'm I'm optimistic, which I hate myself for it because it's like, Matty, you've done this before. Yeah. You're gonna get into it. You're not gonna like it. You're gonna make an uh, angry YouTube video. You can get a bunch of dislikes and be like, "Why do people not like my YouTube videos?" Whoa, whoa, it's whoa, just whoa, rinse whoa, and repeat. Whoa, whoa, whoa. When the hell did I say that? When did I do that? I'm joking. No, that's no, lone because... projecting. Yeah, that's lone... yeah. I was gonna say that's a Freudian slip right there. Because lone just said that. He's Freudian like, I gotta figure slip. out what's going get on my channel. Blah blah blah. Here. He just yeah, he, he just projected that's onto fantastic. you. Yeah. He's just like, this is how I view what you tell me when you when you bring a problem to my fucking doorstep. <laughs> this is all psychology here. Where there's a subtle game going on amongst all of yeah. us. We're just trying to ruin each other's day, but be nice and smile about it. <laughs> that's so fantastic. I love it. <laughs> all right, asshole. Anyway, so. I don't. I have to say though, what I don't like is how they're making it. I I I hate this with multiplayer games. It's when they make it sound like a it's a huge fucking deal that they got a campaign in, when that was the standard in the industry. I yeah, get that yeah. budgets change. I get that it costs a lot more to make a game nowadays. But I don't like when it's made a big deal. Like, yep, we're adding a campaign in this one. It's like fuck, you're late. That happens all the time. It's like. I, I mean, I because here's the thing is I'd be a hypocrite to be like fuck multiplayer only games. I love Overwatch to death, you know. Uh, yeah, right. but it's more so just that I don't like when it's made a big deal out of the campaign actually being in the title because I right. think that should be included. Unless you're doing an Overwatch, which is like we're devoting all our resources and focus into multiplayer to make a good multiplayer experience, which I think they succeeded at. Yeah, or Brink. I mean, yeah, or yeah, I heard that. <laughs> <laughs> then, you, then you get some fucking pile of dog shit. 
Hey, Matt, or I mean, alone. Uh, are you are you a fan of of Battlefront, Star Wars Battlefront? No, not really, because I'm not much of a Star Wars fan myself, to be honest. Like, I, I, I was never why he really got to the movies. Yeah. Oh, okay. Unfortunately, I, I know. Um, but I, I will probably play this just for the sake that it has a campaign. And we all know what it's going to be. It's probably going to be like a six-hour campaign, and then all the oh, it's, it's going to be yeah, a, it's a dice campaign. It's going to be, yeah, yeah. yeah. E- even yeah. dice is best with <laughs> Battlefield One, and even I thought like that was okay. That was weird though. Like I, I prefer campaigns that are not just like here's six missions. So do also. I. Yeah, because yeah, it was you, like they were like, good stories and they started strong. You're like, okay, I can get into this. And then it's like, oh, that really... It's just no continuity. Before it yeah. started. Yeah. I, I didn't like... And probably what was there was good, but I, I like one story. Because the way they, you know, the way they marketed was... Battlefield 1, not to get off track, is that the story sounded like it was going to be a World at War kind of thing where you're hopping between armies oh, and this concurrent story. Game. Yeah. And I was like, that sounds great. That's what I said. I was like, I'm on board with that. That's fucking awesome. Hire Keith or Sutherland. Have him come in. Do some voiceovers. World <laughs> at War 2. Yes. God, that game. I'm sorry. World at War and Airborne. Medal of Honor Airborne. Yes, like two of my dude, favorite Medal shooters of, of all time. Dude, Medal of Honor Airborne. Oh, my When they God. were like, when you die, you yes. jump out of airplanes. And I was like, wait, the respawn is in it. Like, to me, there were so many new ideas. And I was mm-hmm. just like, this is the most fantastic fucking yeah, thing. I, I loved <laughs> airborne man that was that was a great game i agree with you entirely medal of honor so in general sun, rising yeah. sun oh my god the first medal of honor Frontline. oh my god dude you just yeah. fucking rolled well, me back and that's the lineage of like games that are that are awesome that even though uh, once again arguing with myself even though i say that people should uh like respect that people want to do new things that there's a long lineage so when they bring that name up if they said world at war ii and it wasn't exactly what I wanted. You can bet I'd be pitchforking the fuck out of them just like anybody else. That's the thing. Is sometimes like, the focus gets on innovation so much that I think they yeah. forget that sometimes simple is good. I think Battlefield yeah, right. 1 is very simple. And that's why it's good where you see a lot of big first-person shooters on the multiplayer Complex. marketplace are all about movement options, hopping off with your jetpack and shit. And, <laughs> and then you look at a Battlefield 1, it's like that's a palate cleanser. It's like, yes, that's just very... Boots on the ground. I, soldiers. I think though that that's that's more of just how gamers in the industry are feeling nowadays. Because for a while we had those simple multiplayer games. Yeah, I was going to say. And yeah. it became it became very futuristic sci-fi, and people were like, all right, now we're sick of this. Let's let's change back. And that's I think Cycles. Battlefield One did so well because it was like, you know what, we're going back to basics. Let's go back to a military shooter and just they had great have foresight. this game that's fun. Yeah, they did. They agree. I think it worked really well. Unfortunately, they also made a, a stunning number of errors. And uh, like I, I was hoping I got a good game, but I was hoping for some for some real World War One versus like fucking machine guns and so, like there was some there was a couple different technology things that bothered me about it. Um, mm-hmm. But it yeah, it was overall it was a great game because it was fairly simple at least in its there was like just in its overall what you're going to do the moment the countdown is done and you're in the game like there wasn't a what do I need what button do I need to press to do it was, you know yeah. you just pull the trigger at whoever's moving and. Hope they're the enemy. So, <laughs> yeah, it worked. Yeah. It worked. Well, Star Wars. I have to ask you, Mandy. So, Star Wars Battlefront, Battlefield Two. Sorry, um, you, you're talking about campaign. We say it's hard to make and stuff like that. Let's say they had made that game, but the campaign was each level that you play in the campaign um, with some narrative cutscenes, mm-hmm. but but not any bigger. So, the, all those levels, the exact same size, multiplayer level, but then with like story bits in there. Is that a campaign to you? 
or Wait, do you want to see I'm a... confused. I'm, I'm confused. Sorry. Are you saying, so, are you saying like a multiplayer that like almost no. like a Titanfall one? No, I'm saying oh. would it be good enough to you if you had bought Star Wars Battlefront one, mm-hmm. Battlefield one, Battlefront, Battlefront, Front. Um, okay. and the the campaign was there, but the campaign all it was, or not all it was, but what it was was the levels that you played in, that are available right now in multiplayer just had story bits in them, cutscenes mm-hmm. and people walking around and scripted events in them. Um, because we talk about the difficulty of making a campaign, how it costs a lot, but when you're making multiplayer, yeah. you have some assets that you can reuse. I so I was asking. just wondering what your thought, thought, thought See, process that's, is. That's a good question because I look at it as I view, I mean, the original Battlefront campaigns were that. you know They were, they were the multiplayer maps with structured objectives mm-hmm. to play in. And... Um, Lord of the Rings Conquest did that. Yeah, I mean, for me, when I thought of a Battlefront campaign, I was expecting something along the lines of a, you know, the the Battlefield games where it was a, you'd see the inspiration for the map and uh, of the multiplayer map, like you'd see Hoth, for example, and you, you know, but you'd be in a different place on Hoth from where the multiplayer battle's taking place. Maybe... And this is what I like about some games that ha- or single player games that connect to the multiplayer in a weird way, where they're like, "Yeah, there's a battle going on outside." That's technically the multiplayer battle going on. Mm-hmm. Um, I like when games do that. Um, but for me, yes, you consider that a campaign technically because th- that's what they're dignifying as. This is our story. This is our campaign mode. Out of my enjoyment, I don't think that style has aged well at all you know, slapping in your multiplayer maps that you'll play. Because then it feels like almost a drawn-out tutorial. Like, I'm being introduced to what I'm really going to be spending all my time in. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but you know what? I felt Battlefield 1 story was like that. That's mm-hmm. why I asked. Because uh, Lone said... That might said, why I wasn't a He, he wasn't fan huge into the campaign. Yeah. And yeah. that might have been why. Because it felt very familiar. Because I'd played, for example, uh, you know, 10-ish hours of the beta... And then uh-huh. the first campaign I jumped into, or the first war story, sorry. Was on that map. Was, yeah, that map. And yeah. I was like, you know, you were blowing <laughs> up the train. I'm like, I've done this before. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I also liked yeah. how, you know, there were certain times where it showed a lot of potential. Like the level opened up and you went to three different bases and you mm-hmm. stealthed your way in. I like that a lot. But it, it's not like that that kind of concept can't work. I, I remember, I think it was Modern Warfare 2, where you do play as different characters and you do go in, in different worlds and different missions and, and ha- have these different things that you're doing, but it's all one story. It's all tied together in one mm-hmm. continuous way, kind of. Yeah, I, if they did a one Call of Duty style mission or mission structure for a, a shooter campaign in Battlefront, I don't think I'd be terribly against that. Um yeah, you know, I know it's it's very hard to tell a unique story in the Star Wars universe. I'd imagine um, what I'd say their that goal too. is with a Battlefront story is to maybe get you to feel for the, like they did with Battlefield One, get you to feel for the common soldier who doesn't get his right. name mentioned, like a Darth Vader or Luke Skywalker or whatever. Um, which I, I think there's Podunk McGillicuddy, yeah. <laughs> and then they kill him. Yeah. I mean, they kind of did that in Episode Seven with Finn. You know, he was technically just a another imperial soldier much bigger than that now um yeah i i just it i like i said i'm expecting just a battlefield-esque campaign with gotcha. a battlefront yeah fair enough layer or skin slapped on top of it i'll say that i agree and think the same but boy would i love it if they knocked that shit out of the park with a 12-hour fucking 
massive yes. shooter campaign going to planets you don't see in multiplayer, maybe later in DLC. I would love that. I would I, I, imagine if they were like, or let's just dream. You could be a, a good guy or a bad guy and you could play. I, if see, they were yeah. like landing in a fucking stormtrooper, you know, carrier. <laughs> yeah, that'd be sweet. What about Galactic Conquest coming back? Yeah, that would be amazing. It was that awesome. was fun because that was a mix of tactics off the battlefield and on the battlefield. It was your standard Battlefront gameplay. I mean, yeah. I can't stress enough because here's the thing is Battlefront is accessible to a lot of gamers. This would be a cool way to bridge gamers into a new type of gameplay where it's like not just yeah. the sit down shooting and all that stuff. I mean, man, Galactic Conquest, that is such a unique. There's still never been a mode like that in a video game I can think of. Yeah, there. I think there was one of the not the free, but like Brink or like um, pay, uh, uh, Dirty Bomb. There was there was one game that was like that that did have a little bit of the of the galactic overview, mm-hmm. but it was no. It, it was more a smaller a smaller overview. But I don't think anything has gone that way. But I don't know if that's because they don't think it works or if it's so hard. I mean, I wonder yeah. if it's difficult to implement um, over a multiplayer structure. Because because if I remember right, you made. The changes you made affected people playing multiplayer. In Am I right? Galactic Conquest? Yeah. Um, Did that? Maybe in the PSP titles. Not That gotcha. was, um, I mean, that sounds like Mass Effect 3's multiplayer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's actually exactly what I was thinking in the back of my mind. Because yeah. I, ca- I can't remember. It's been a long time since I played that. Yeah. But anyway, I mean, it, it, I'm definitely curious on how this game's going to pan out. Um do you think they're announcing this officially at Star Wars Celebration like they did with Battlefront 1? Or do you think they're doing E3 short marketing campaign hype cycle? Go for it, Lone. I don't, I don't know. It's, it's, it's hard to say, to be honest. That's what I've been struggling with, too. I'm going to say for uh, the sake that I they've done it answer. before, they're going to do it at Celebration. That's just my guess. What day yeah. is that? That's in April. I think so, it's where, 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 when actually, is the game May, actually May released? The, or is it May fourth? Like May the fourth be with? It might be when is the game releasing? Loan? I think it's yeah, releasing holiday, holiday two thousand seventeen. So yeah. most likely November, I would assume. Okay. To get interesting. Get so we don't even have a confirmed date yet. Mm-mm. No, which also begs the question. You know, do we? Does this get delayed? Sorry, celebration happens, is like, April thirteenth to the sixteenth. I just verified. Okay. Interesting. Carrick, saying it's. Uh, I, I, in all honesty, I think that they probably do it. I mean, again, gaming entertainment's huge, so do it at do it at like celebration and just announce it and get it out. Um, and the reveal, it seems like, weird. Play wise at E three, yeah, because they've leaked. Like you said, it's the way this is getting. It's we're just all guessing because the way the information's got out. Yeah. So at some point, they have to tell us it's actually coming, or we're yeah. going to be in line going. I hope it's here today. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah. so there's that. Um, but yeah, and then E three blow it out of the park with like a. Campaign, by the way, I'm saying this right oh, now. Just have a massive campaign, campaign yeah, and show people this mat on screen. I'm playing it with my whatever or my you know your mouse keyboard, but show show somebody playing the campaign. Have an epic moment where you come out of the bottom of a star destroyer and your fucking starship or in your uh, you know your uh, stormtrooper fucking carrier land on a planet. Yeah, you know, full voiced. Mm-hmm. That would be that would capture my attention. Yeah, show show some something different. Yeah, what we've seen before. Yeah, and or or show some really good space battles because even though they've got it now in the main game, I'm still not incredibly impressed with them. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope that there's a lot of rethinking on how 
space works in those games and how the yeah. fighting works. Like, it doesn't feel as robust. Ground to space, man. Ground to space. Oh yeah, Jesus, dude, that would be amazing. They gotta do it. Yeah, that, that's that was a big takeaway. I think that's a big thing to remove because it, it it brought that feeling of the battle is not just on the ground, just here. You, you, right, there's something totally different going on above, and that you'd see like ships spiraling downwards and stuff. Like, it's just, it was fucking epic. It, it, it brought oh, I have a, a sense of battle. I have a question for you guys. Are you guys big um, compo- uh, proponents of AI, additional AI extras in the game, in games? I've struggled with that so much, man. You're talking like Titanfall, for example, where you'd have the grunts walking around in AI and they're kind yeah, of Yeah, like or in points. that battle when you have shit falling down, does it always have to be another player? Because if so, if people are really good, maybe they're not falling down and so your game feels less action uh, Are you talking about in multiplayer if I like bots? Uh, even both well even both yes first of all let's talk about multiplayer like in in multiplayer do you like uh leveling out with bots where you have like no. eight people and okay gotcha no. i with titan for one i i like they're easy kills fine and i get why they're there i, I don't like the feeling wait there, there are two sides to this one it's even more satisfying when you do kill an actual player as yeah, opposed right. to killing another <laughs> bot right but I, I feel like it just takes away from the fact that you're... It, they're, they're not other players. There's not that satisfaction when you get that kill. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just mundane. Um, no, nah, I, I prefer there not being any bots at all. For me, it kind of By breaks. the way, the reason why I asked this before Maddie answers, so mm-hmm. you can add to this, I, I ask because I'm very tired of them saying multiplayer when there's like 32 people. That's mm-hmm. not multiplayer. Like, I want to see fucking... If you're talking Stormtroopers and Rebels, I would <laughs> like to see a lot of people in those battles mm-hmm. in this yeah. next one. So AI lets that happen without connection issues and stuff. Yeah. That's true. That is true. The way that I uh, view it is it, it can – it sounds weird to say it breaks me out of the moment because in multiplayer mm-hmm. you can see some real crazy shit from players that uh, that will <laughs> right. totally break you out of your moment. But for me, it's like when I see – because obviously you know that they're just there as almost like fucking – fodder they're just fodder. free kills they're like filler to be yeah. yeah they're there yeah, for no, free kills points to make Graphics. shitty players feel good and and to bring a sense of battle which yeah. for me i see this ai just standing there like fucking looking around just doing absolutely jack shit just staying there i yeah. see it even in titanfall 2 um it for me i just see it i'm like what are you doing like if this is a real sense of battle shouldn't these grunts be like clashing at each other they don't seem to have an urgency to take cover and it's because it yeah. takes away it takes a lot to do that to to make them read like okay i'm getting shot at i need to run the cover and stuff um and, and so for but me i just feel like it's wasted effort almost gotcha. and it's really, not even just that I, I though like i mean it could just benefit somewhere else you got you look at titanfall right and if the if the AI was were kind of like moving with every other normal player, that's fine. But the way that they would spawn in is in these fucking pods that would drop from the sky, and then they would all grow out, go out in groups of five, and that's usually how you kill them. Yeah, that's right. not fun. You know what I mean? Yeah, like they're, they're always like usually grouped together. It's it's not that's not fun to me. If if they managed to find a way to seamlessly integrate bots with real life players, so they would move as one, and they would you know not just be in groups of people. That would be better, but I'm not. I didn't say that in Titanfall One, and I don't don't know if that's going to be the case in Battlefront. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't seem to be a, a good mechanic. I, I'm not a fan of it, and especially because at least Battlefront kind of got it close. You know, you had those 32 v 32 battles. At least that's pretty close. I want to see 64 versus 64, like minimum for me. But yeah, I'm a I'm a <laughs> I like. It. Uh, have either one? You of must you played have Unreal? loved. Uh, oh, what was that game on PS3? 
did like a hundred. Planetfall too? No, no, no I mean, that, that was, one that was, was huge. But I'm saying, huge, uh, I think it was called like Mag or something like that. Oh, Mag, oh. fucking hell! That's like holy that. shit. That's a blast from the past. Wasn't that um, like that game with like a hundred? 30 versus 130 or some shit like it was a huge it was match. i think it was meg yeah i think it was Meg. shit um so ai i agree with you guys i love the idea of doing it with good ai uh unreal yeah. 1999 still fooled me because they would shit talk you and they would leap really? and jump and so i thought they were real oh yeah I, I i told the story on my podcast i played unreal 1999 by myself thinking i was online because this was one of the first major <laughs> games i got for <laughs> almost a, almost two days Thinking that somehow I was like, I was the, the same with Battlefront up. One though. I Dude, played Battlefront makes... One offline, and my friends like, "Yo, you playing kids online?" I was like, "Yeah, these kids suck. I'm trashing them." I'm like, "Oh, so what happened this... with me is yeah, it was they were leaving." Like... So you can actually in 1999, you can actually adjust their jumpiness, and so they'll do a lot of. So I'm and they're they're shit. They're like, "You suck," and I'm all, "I guess I do." Like this guy's flipping. <laughs> Who the fuck are these people, and why are they so? And um. I, I saw the options that indicated it was single player, but it didn't matter because there was such uh there they were different. I've never seen a bot like Unreal 1999. And I mean yeah. I, I've done bot AI before and I've never seen a bot like that was some insanely fun for the time. Uh bot AI. I see what you're saying, but it was funny because we were talking to an AI developer uh for an Xbox One game, a shooter, um uh Brute Force, the shitty Halo ripoff with the big Four people could, pl- you know, it was a four-player uh, co-op. You could yeah. have a team. Did very poorly. But he was saying that one problem with bots is that in a multiplayer game, because he's now working on a multiplayer game, if they're moving, if if players are moving the way players want to move currently in the current game scheme of things with, like, digital fucking um, sports and all that stuff, he said the bots would have, it would it would make no sense because the bots can't follow a guy running on the walls like in yeah. like or they could but then too many people would be running on the walls and what happens is the bots are told to sort of yeah stick here because if maddie runs by and they say i'm gonna follow maddie and then carrick runs by at full speed and then they say i'm gonna follow carrick you get this and so what they do is they turn down their decisions per cycle and i wish they didn't because players don't play that way dude i've played against players and they're all <laughs> and yeah, they're shooting and they're killing people the there's yeah, and they're on Ridlin, and you're like, wow, this is insane. <laughs> well, guess what? You know what? Allow me to turn the craziness up on my bots. And, and another reason is I know a lot of people who want a game that they can buy and don't need to be connected. I'm very tired of games where somebody buys a fucking game, and what it really should say is, doesn't work with a shit unless you're connected to the internet. Yeah. And, and or half the game works. Fuck you, half the game works. It's time to get past that. Make your multiplayer have some bots so people can play single player if they don't have internet, whatever. Yeah, bots are some fine of those if things you, if bother you can't me. play online. Yeah, some yeah. of those things just yeah. bother me. You know, as a consumer, as somebody who's like fighting for consumers to get shit, I it happens a lot. And mm-hmm. of course, Star Wars about you know battle, the first one was that. You know, mm-hmm. it was like you can't do shit. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. yeah, until they patched in bots. Yes, yeah, fun. Anyway. Uh, one last bit of news is that we have a price for the Nintendo Switch online. I don't even know. Is there like a special name for their service or is it just that? I don't know what it's called to be. Regardless, $17 a year. And I actually, yeah. Yeah, when you guys told me that, I asked you again, I was like, wait, a year? Just to verify. Yeah, I was like, is that a month? Yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> because it was, uh, Nintendo would do that a month. Yeah. So, which is does this really cover cheap. the Does this cover the app too? That stupid application premium that... includes the app for the phone 
Okay. But apparently, okay. though, that the, the app is not the only way, apparently, anyways, to talk to people because I, I, there were some rumors around about how the microphone actually works on the Switch. So I don't think you need to use the app to talk to people, which hmm. hopefully that's the case. We don't know that yet. But back to the price point, $17 is, is pretty good for an entire year. And that now makes sense as when we cheap. knew about... We, we found out about how you can't keep the games that you're playing every month that they give you for free, right. quote-unquote. But So that $17 price point does make a bit more sense. Absolutely. Probably down the line, they'll, they'll increase that price and maybe you get to keep the games. I don't know. Nintendo tend to be protective with their IPs. So it, it's a, it's an okay price point. It just depends you know, how it is. It's much cheaper compared to Xbox Live and PSN, but obviously there's no comparison. There would be no comparison between those services. Yeah. I still think it's silly that they, they don't let you keep a game from, like, fucking 1992. They're just like, yeah, but, sorry, guy. But the thing is, though, Nintendo still, ha- like, out of... I, I guess Xbox has backwards compatibility now, but Nintendo is always pushing their back catalog of games with Virtual Console, and they do it better than anyone else. Buying them opinion. again? That's one of the problems, though. They force you to I, buy I, them I know that's a problem, but, like, to in, <laughs> in the sense of every console that they have... They always have the virtual console, sure. and yeah. and like and, and Nintendo has. I think it was uh, Reggie. He said, oh, you know, man. we know that people have spent th- like thousands of dollars sometimes in some instances on games in the virtual console on the Wii U, and they're trying to address that. Maybe they'll bring a cheaper version, or maybe they'll let you transfer your your games. Who really knows? But right. I, I guess the point that I'm saying is not not necessarily that it's fair or not, but the fact is is that every time there's a new console, they always had that virtual console. Pretty much, yeah, anyways. True. And I, they do that better than... Has anyone ever said something to you and it just reminds you of a dream you had? Oh, yeah. I mm-hmm. just remembered I Chip had a dream and peanut butter? last night that <laughs> I, I, that Nintendo, the day... Because I re- it must be because, you know, like dreams are, 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 like, culminated from just shit you see, of course. And um, I remember reading a comment, and this is in real life, mind you, so, someone saying, like, Nintendo's going to announce the real Switch uh, the day it comes out. <laughs> <laughs> oh no that was dude that was me oh it was you yeah it was gonna be a joke we said it was oh, gonna be it was gonna be this about joke Karen. and that and that when um oh, when they and, and, when the switch is released that day they'll actually be like gotcha the real then, switch is then, coming and then i fucking I, I went to bed and i had a dream and i just remembered it now because just long was talking about a virtual console and i th- started thinking about uh-huh. the gamecube that i just remembered i had a dream that like nintendo announced on the day the switch came out they called the super gamecube or some shit like that <laughs> <laughs> it was like this fucking like teal box and i remember like like reading through tweets online someone was like it's such a cute box i'm like this would be something that would happen i just get this there's even a handle to carry it too yeah yeah even back then we were thinking of ways to take your games on the go dude oh god you caught me carrying around a fucking gamecube by a handle i want you to rip that shit out of my hand and beat me the fuck (laughs) over the head with it um i like i i don't know about the switch man i don't want to sound i mean i'm it it's weird though uh you said i think it's warner brothers is doing their announcement the same day as the switch is releasing right because they're not intimidated no i was gonna say they're releasing the exact same amount of games that are cool to play oh and that's it, I, i'm done with zelda bang, like bang. i mean i like zelda but i am done with that being the only game it, the, the fact that there's no metroid is fucking so stunning the yeah. fact that Mario I mean, Kart's not ready. That's been such a vocal thing. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm then just... they do Federation Force. Well, and here's why, that's Maddie, because Lone just said it. Lone just said he's like, well, they're they're good at their backwards compatibility, all that stuff, and they are. 
they're but they handle their own IPs horribly. It's like Conan Exiles, where you can I, I don't know if you guys have just played it, but you can basically die of thirst while standing in the water. And that's what Nintendo is doing. They're they have a bunch of IPs and they fucking are like, we don't have anything to release. No, what the what? Like you have so much. And I'll much be honest, as, as someone like before that Switch presentation, I, I was so excited for this thing, <laughs> and I still am a little bit. But yeah, me too, it, me too. Not just because the presentation was a bit lackluster, but they do have a lack of games for this console. And th- th- there was an interview the other day. They were talking about how it's important to, like, obviously have games out on on release, but have a game release every now and again from launch to kind of. I guess, pick, pick interest back up again in, in the console. So maybe that's why they're spacing out their releases a little bit more than what they are. But even then, five... Well, it's, then, I think it's up to ten then, games Their now. April title is ARMS. That looks cool. I'm just saying, though, no, that's not going to sell it, you It system. looks cool, but it's not a system seller. The way I... You know? I mean, here's the thing, is that they should do Metroid, because if anything, I just look at Overwatch and how much that sold, and it shows that if your idea is good enough, that... It will sell, and the re- I know it's such a weird connection, but I'm just saying that if they made Metroid um, a actual, you know, because you can play it, it's the first Metroid Prime, for example, first person shooter. And imagine making that nowadays with the tech available, yeah, right, and how cool right. it would look, and how action packed yeah. you can make it, really. And I think that would appeal to a lot of gamers nowadays. It's like, oh shit, Nintendo, you know, like they, I'd say Metroid is a very recognizable name to gamers old and new. And I think Nintendo could bring in a lot of potential consumers because here's the thing is that I'm not saying it in a bad way, uh, but first person is, I think, very accessible. I think there's a reason a lot of people make games in first person. It's just an accessible genre. It's more appealing. And you could have this big Nintendo first person shooter. You know, Splatoon is not going to fucking sell you systems. That's your big multiplayer shooter. Sure. But, you know, you could have this big first person shooter title. That will sell consoles without a doubt. Not just to Nintendo fans, but people will go like, "That looks fucking awesome." Yeah. To to be honest, what they really need to do is bring Overwatch to the Switch. It would work so well. <laughs> it would, oh to be God. honest. It fits their it fits their artistic schemes. Yeah. It fits their artistic like values really, really heavily, and that's actually why I've always felt like Overwatch would fit on the Switch. Fine. And, and you could still play it with the two Joy Cons separately in the bumpers. Like it, it would work pretty well, to be honest. Like it'll be a, an Overwatch version that real casual people play, but who cares? Right. It's fun. Dude, I would you know? cry if I could literally go. <laughs> you would and, cry if I could literally go and take a shit and play Overwatch on my toilet. <laughs> Did you see that Nintendo Super Bowl ad? I would be so ad? fucking satisfied with that. In, in, in the Super Bowl ad that had someone sitting on the toilet and playing the Switch, I was like, <laughs> yeah. Nintendo, you get me? Yeah, they do. They're like, we know. Are you, got, you guys need to eat more fucking fiber, man, because I couldn't even get through an entire level in the shitter. It, I, don't, I don't sit there and discuss fucking theory, man. It's like, man, go man. in, do your business. Get back out. Well, yeah, um, nah, I, I sit on the toilet for 30 minutes. minutes and think about life, to be honest. Exactly. <laughs> Do, are you just like, you're Twittering and shit? You're like, hey, yeah, Karen, what are you doing? Yeah, my channel. I'm, I'm going to project back onto Maddie. My channel. I literally have a viewer who tweets at me every time he's watching a video saying, informing me that he, he, take, he waits to watch my videos when he has to take a shit. Like, you'll see shit. I upload it. <laughs> And he will only watch them when he's shitting. He's like, the mad shit. He's like, he's like, he's like another video watched while taking a dump, Maddie. I'm like, good job. Uh, Exactly. Golfers clap. Really? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No, it's, uh, no, Switch is going to be cool uh, in, in, in that it's going to be Nintendo's, you know, foray into this. And, but I'm not, I, I just, 
There's so many issues now they that I'm just so nervous. They said it's going to sell more than the Wii. That's oh, their, their, their expectation. No, 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 no. No way. And who said this? Nintendo's president. No, I, I don't think that there's no way that this thing is selling more. Like, I, I, if the PS4 can't sell more than the Wii, and I think eventually it might, the Switch ain't selling more than the PS4. Absolutely. There's not. no way. Absolutely not. Because, like, the Wii was a was a weird phenomenon. Like, it was a lot of people, like, a lot of parents, a lot of elderly people buying that for Wii Sports. And, yeah. and then, like, the, the attach rate for that console wasn't that great. I don't right. think the Switch is overtaking the Wii. No, never. I mean, it just, to me, that uh, it could, um, but there's a far higher chance that it won't. Yeah, there's okay. always a possibility. You know, like, there's a possibility. Like a 90, yeah. 10. That's how I view it. It's a 90, yeah. 10. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, I would say less, but I mean, I, I've been wrong because I was wrong about the Wii. Even though I knew about motion controls and I knew that they were popular, the Wii just launched at a perfect like its name was goofy. I remember people like the Wii. What the? You're playing with your Wii? You know, it didn't matter. It didn't matter because people were like, "Yes, I am, and I'm having fun." Shut the fuck up. So that could happen the, again. The Wii sold over a hundred million units, and the PS4 sold fifty million units. Like and PS4 like, had a roaring start. But the, it's still selling well in Europe and, and in some parts of Asia. Like it's still doing very, very well. Like Xbox One's catching up in North America, but the PS4 is still stu- selling stupidly well. PS4 has like, more the, of a global presence. Like Xbox sucks, for example, yeah. in Japan. Like it's awful. yeah, Japan. Yeah, it, it's yeah. yeah it's well, the amount of games that PS4 brings that are you know the games Maddie well, like. Y- yeah, I was gonna <laughs> say. You know what's popular there is the Vita. The Vita holds the dominant market of Japan, and that wow. is. Forever Vita, successful because of that. Word that. Vita and Dominant don't go together, Matty, all right? Just, just, just tie ah, it back. Debatable. <laughs> There's a reason it's still supported. There's a reason it's still supported. Thank you very much. The Wii U stopped before the Vita. I win. Uh-huh. Sure. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Listen to that shit, man. I win. <laughs> Dropping bombs. Yeah, Fuck because they, they announced they're like, yeah, we're done supporting the Wii U. I was like, damn. I, I mean, I'm Wait. not surprised, but... Uh, oh, they did. Didn't they? Holy shit, I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah. there, there's clearly a reason the, the Vita's still getting support, man. I don't know, Lone. Can't be too dead. Can't be too dead. <laughs> Look, Maddie, just move to Japan so you can have those Vita stores that are like... I need to visit Japan one day, man. <laughs> I'll be so at home. That's like, so my brilliant. people. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no. <laughs> my yeah, maybe, people. But, yeah. Some kid with orange yeah. hair, yeah, my people. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I, there's, yeah, there's a couple, couple yeah, differences. Like but hey. This tall white guy walking through Asia. As just, long it, as you close your eyes, you'll be right. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, just be like, <laughs> I can't see you, you can't see me, we're the same. Uh, when it comes to the Switch, I do have to ask you guys uh, real quick. Do, um, do you feel that, and I may have hinted at this last podcast, and if I asked it, Maddie, I apologize, because Lone wasn't there, so he could answer this. Do you guys wish they had announced this as the uh, the 3DS successor that also plays at home instead of the way they did? Because I do. I think that would have made a huge difference. Uh, no, because the, the reason why I say that, the, the 3DS is a different thing. I view it as a different thing. Now, Nintendo says the Switch is predominantly a home console first that you can take on the go. The games that, that come out on the 3DS don't appeal to me aside from Pokemon. Right, like the games on the 3DS aren't your your blockbuster AAA titles that you see on the Xbox One and PS4. So I I, I don't I didn't want that message confused, right? Like now I understand that the Switch is a home console. You're getting the big blockbuster titles. If they tried to spin it that that it was a successor to the 3DS, then I would have that 
expectation that those games that were released on the 3DS would then come to the Switch. And that's not what I wanted to see. Those aren't the games that I wanted to play. I don't really want to play those handheld games aside from Pokemon. That, that's my view. It's, so, just a, man. it's just a mixed message, man. Because you, you, you look at it and it's like, I, I think what they're trying to do is like Switch is like, oh, it's console gaming, but you can take that console on the go. But it's like, wait, you have a console that is for on the go, which is the 3DS. What do you mean? And it's like, no, we mean like those big console games. And it's like, well, you only have Zelda, Skyrim. There's no like big third parties coming on mm-hmm. board. Oh, FIFA. Sorry. Um, it, I'm looking mixed for messages, really. Uh, where yeah. they, they're insisting, though, I read an article recently. They're insisting, like, no, this is not replacing 3DS. They're going to continue making yeah, games right. for it. And I think that's because of the functionality. A system where the 3DS has the dual screens, you know, you got a bottom touchpad, where the, the Switch is very much going to be, uh, if you pay fucking $80, then you can get the Pro Controller, which is very much the console experience. Those controllers are so expensive. They didn't even bother. <laughs> I'm going to try to fuck with the Joy-Cons. I'm going to see how that the reason. Goes. The reason why I asked, too, is because the Wii U is uh, – the 3DS is considered a success. Wii U is not. And so coming off of a sure. success, it, it, I, it just seemed to me like if somebody said, dude, this this portable plugs in and can also play on your TV, then the graphical mm-hmm. capabilities that it's currently displaying would make more sense than saying and, – and it's, and it's, and it's set up, too, the lack of USB external storage, it sounds like. There's some issues there with just different little weirdnesses. Yeah, it would have made much more sense. Yeah, it would have made much more sense in my brain, by the way. That's why I'm asking everybody else, like, because my brain, you know, a lot of I don't know, like, Maybe they didn't want to mess with the success of the 3DS because it, on its own, yeah. it is successful, right? Yeah, and why, if you, yeah. That's true. Yeah. And they've re- released so many different versions. The and announcing like, a new DS, console to replace 3DS, it may not be the best. Bet. Yeah, they, they were even no, they, they were even talking about bringing out a, a successor to the 3DS. And yeah, yeah, the I'm 4DS. sure that's in there. But they're definitely they definitely have it planned. Four, four screens. Call I mean, them. I have the. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Wouldn't that be awesome, dude? It's like a fucking transformer. <laughs> like those snake Rubik's cubes you used to be able to get. You're like, you flip it this way, you flip it this way, and now it's four fucking screens, and you could like play Simon Says and shit. But other than that, like, it would I have the the newest screens. version of 3ds. Like it's the the, the uh, it's called the new 3ds. Actually, brilliant it, fucking yeah. marketing. I know. Bigger, and, right? And it's bigger, but it's got like the little C stick up here, which I have not played a game that has used this yet. And I actually use my DS a fair amount. And, it has better specs as well, doesn't it? Yes, yeah. it's more powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, no games used the 3D slider. Like Pokemon didn't even use 3D at all. Like if you slide it but, up, And that's nothing. weird because the 3D effect is actually better. It's better. Oh, very good. Say, on this, it's a lot better. It doesn't give you fucking headaches. And you can look at it from like the side or whatever, and it'll still you know be what in that 3D. Is, is- 3D was just a gimmick. That that's why 3D TVs are out the door yeah. now. Yeah. So yeah, and it's got the back cameras here, which I think have always been there. It's got a bigger stylus. The cartridge hmm. thing is on the bottom, out of the way, so that you're not playing and accidentally fucking pop out your game. Um, mm. It's just it's a well designed system, but also they've re released the 3DS so many times that it's like, are they in this rabbit hole now where they can't? announce another 3ds without it sounding like just another successor that most will ignore and you know, I, you, oh go ahead no i was just gonna say like the, the 3ds i i'm checking now it sold 65 million units I, it, it's just bit i and, and this is selling That's 65 successful. million units through a time where people are saying that i don't need a dedicated gaming console like a handheld gaming console i've got my phone and it's still doing that well 
it's, it's very right, very but but that's what I'm saying. So the 3DS two or whatever Maddie's got is in that collection. What if they called the Switch the 3DS three? It's just your 3DS, but it's now the Switch. Like that's so. I don't think the new 3DS being announced stopped the old one from being sold. I don't necessarily think the Switch would suddenly stop the 3DS. I, I just think it's diff- it's different marketing. It's it's the the yeah, audience yeah. that trying to appeal to. And I gotcha. Yeah. The the the, the, the way they were talking again, they were talking about the Switch. Is it's a ha- it's a it's a predominantly a home console that you can the, just take on the go. Like right. to be honest, it's like taking it on the go, even though they focus on it a lot because we haven't really seen these bigger AAA games being able to be taken on the go. But it's it's still not the the predominant selling point of the console. I think most people play AAA games and they like to play AAA games while they're at home. As much as they like to to promote the fact that you know young adults they they travel all the time and they fly and stuff. I do that, but not many people do that, right? Like most people right. are going to be playing this thing even if it's in their hand. That they're, they're still going to be at home most of the time. Nintendo thinks we we all live in Dubai and fucking <laughs> Scrooge McDuck we're the money and we're like when you're on the go flying from one CEO meeting to the next take the Nintendo Switch and you're like uh, motherfucker I walk like three feet to my shitter I take one minute you guys apparently take 12 hours and then I return and, but you're right because like Skyrim for example I don't know how comfortable I and I, I get Maddie. I know where he's coming from because he's super excited for those kind of games on, on uh, you know, full console. But I don't know if I'd be comfortable after a while because I'm not incredibly comfortable, I think, holding a handheld over time. Hmm. Like, comfortable physically. Like, after a while yeah. where I'm sitting, I'm like... I'm, yeah, no, I'm not going to lie. It, it, this sounds ridiculous. But, like, for example, if I play console games a lot and I go for a long period of time without going into handheld... And then I go back and play a lot of handheld. Like, I'll get cramps here, like, in my thumb. Yeah, right, right in the thumb pad. Yeah. yeah. Okay, gotcha. Well, and I'm not the only one then. Yeah, yeah, it'll happen. And you, like, build up an, a, a durability to it, and then it just stops. Okay. It's crazy, you know. So I can see. I the, and it's also just the comfortability. You're constantly fucking, like, adjusting your seat and, like, getting comfortable again and again and again. So, yeah, handheld gaming is comfortable in a way where I like to just kick up my fucking feet on my bed because I usually game like right in the screen. So it's a lot easier just to put my feet up on the bed and just rest it in my lap. One inch from the screen. Instead of being a couple of like feet, I'm like two inches. So it's a lot more relaxing guys. Uh, But seriously, it's just, yeah, there's, I also like handheld gaming just because of that. It's sure. It's just the comfort factor of laying in my bed rather than sitting in a desk chair or something. And and to be honest, like sometimes the way I see this going down is, People are going to be, you know, playing the Switch docked on the TV and just think for the sake of it, I feel like going to bed, like going to my bed, not even sleeping. I just want a change of, of scenery. Sure. And then they'll just take the, the, the Switch out. But you know what I mean? Like, no, for, I if I'm on the PC, like I don't like sitting on the PC for two or three hours longer than that because I, it's just so uncomfortable. And is. even though you're sitting on a couch, it's a console. I can imagine people thinking, I want to go outside and play now. I, I think the Switch is really going to be used in that regard and not necessarily being taken on the go because while many, like, if you're living in a big city like I do, you, you commute, but uh, not many people do that, to be honest. And if people commute, maybe they're driving so they can't play on a train or a bus anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So Interesting. Yeah, there's a lot of, like, yeah, exactly. Like, how, how long do you travel? Are you walking the entire time? Because you shouldn't be playing your fucking Nintendo Switch no, you if, if you're walking it. right. Like, great, <laughs> that's just what we need. Somebody to fall in a fucking manhole. But, 
yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just going to be super interesting to see who uses it for what. I can't wait to see like their metrics, like because they will. They'll probably be like seventy percent of people who played have taken a three-hour shit. You know, I want to see those kind of metrics. I would love to see surveys. Like, I would love increased. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, man, it's so odd. It, it's exactly Skyrim save game lengths. We don't know why. That's <laughs> yeah, brilliant. But they, they, they obviously they probably will do that. And I would yeah. love to see those surveys come out as to the the kinds of way people use the Switch for. Mm-hmm. There's going to be a split between commuting, split between people that just want to play it on the handheld for a little bit. It's going to be really cool. I'm interested for that. I, I'm, I'm, I'll admit, I mean, part of it's the excitement of a new console. I am very much looking forward yeah. to it, though. Um, I, like I said, I'm not. It's more so because, and I, I hate to say it because I do criticize it a lot. Like characters, I'm arguing with myself. Uh, but Zelda, you know, I'm not a Zelda fan, so to actually be excited for a Zelda title is a first for me ever. So, I can't you know, wait to get back as, to Zelda. Aside, like I said, aside from Twilight Princess, um, yeah, Zelda. And, and, and this seems like a Zelda that you would like because it's an influence of Skyrim. That's, yeah, that's the reality. That's, that's, that's the reality of it. Yeah, um, but it's also that I I love Link. Like, here's how bad of a Zelda fan I am: is that my introduction to Link and Zelda was Smash Bros. You know, oh fuck off! Yeah, piss like, off, Matty. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like that's when I got my. I was like, "Yo, Link's sick. He's got a fucking sword. I love his hair. His outfit's cool." And I was just like, "I gotta Link, play as him." Link and I was like, "What? They got a game based off him?" And I played. I'm like, "Yeah, these suck." Uh, <laughs> now, Link, Link is always a shit player in Smash Brothers. He's always screwed over. What? He has he's a, he has a terrible recovery. Come on, Matty. I am so good with Link, bro. Lincoln's uh-huh. but on the polar opposite. Like, if I were to actually play competitively, I'd be zero suit Samus. Well, there like, you go. Fast realize that Link isn't that good. Eh. He's got I'm some interested. heavy swings, bro. I- I'm interested to see what kind of tier Link is with Smash Brothers. Oh, he's probably low. I got to be honest, though. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways. Regardless, though, that's all the news we have for this week. It's our longest podcast in a while. Two hours, 15 minutes. Oh, that's are you fucking kidding? Yeah. Oh, that's insane. <laughs> you don't have anywhere to go, do you? <laughs> like, no, I, I just feel bad. I know some people don't like podcasts that long. Um, oh, hopefully right. people watching this. Our, our hardcore listeners are fucking. It doesn't feel like two hours. That felt like 40 minutes, man. Yeah. Like that was a lot. No, of it's, Last time I checked, last time I've had a window up. Last time I checked the time, it was like, like 52. I'm like, oh, we're great on time. And I've been oh, like, gotcha. oh, boy, <laughs> we're getting late yeah. here. But anyway, we hope you guys enjoyed this this episode, man. This is a great one. Very much so. Yeah, that was a yeah. blast. And a lot of different variety in the discussions, too. I like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That works really well. Yeah, so we hope you guys enjoyed. Um, any final thoughts, boys? No, see you next week. Cool. Yeah, oh, definitely. no, I did want to say, I did want to say, like, from a personal perspective, I can't wait for this year because I'm, like, missing no podcast now. There's no more traveling, oh, yeah, no yeah, more yeah. doing long Congrats. distance. Can't wait. Are you also yeah. happy to not travel? I am. Like, I like travel, but there's an, there's an extent because it means sure. I can't game. It means I can't do like the podcast, for example. It gets, like, if I ever travel back home, do, it's yeah. easy you've... for me to take a microphone, yeah, and I, I usually do that. Now that you mention it, I mean, you've been talking about this day coming up since we Two met. Two years. Since we <laughs> yeah. met, dude. Like, when we started this show off, you've been traveling and, and telling me about your long-distance relationship, so it's kind of crazy oh, that a lot of that's coming to a close that you're finally settled down <laughs> i know man it feels weird but i am so looking forward to it it's 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 just going to be great being able to have weekends free for like yeah forever like there's unless it's for work i don't really have a reason to travel yeah okay. holy shit yeah. yeah congrats that's awesome 
Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So more more podcasts for me. That that's the main point, I guess. I wanted to get across. Fuck. <clears throat> <laughs> <laughs> Huh? <laughs> <laughs> oh, geez, we now we got to listen alone. <laughs> anyway, guys, hope you enjoyed episode 94 of the podcast, and we will catch you next week. Peace out. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.